Welcome back to the Jote Show here on the Dion Family Network, episode 170. We are down to one football game and a second retirement. And a seven-on-seven flag football game. Yeah, that's all we got in between. Um, Yeah, so we'll talk, obviously, NFL Conference Championship, Tom Brady for the second straight year on the second on the same day one year apart retires can he not wait till after the super bowl he's got to make it about him why because well it would have made sense because now because when he did it i thought oh so he'll be on fox because that's his big deal that he's got waiting for him and he'll be on like during the super bowl like he'll do something apparently he's not oh so he's just i guess he's taking sean payton's spot that's his, yeah, in the exactly, eighteen yeah. man pregame show with Gronk. <laughs> At least Rogers said he wouldn't talk about it till after the Super Bowl. He doesn't want the spotlight on yeah. him. But I think I don't know. I have a a lot of people have now guessed this, but I think I think I know where he's going. If he's not if he is playing football next year. So I don't think it's Green Bay. San Francisco. Yeah, I'll I'll save it. What did I That's did where I he's from. did I say um which one of us said Derek Carr before? Didn't you say that to San Francisco? No. Well, probably at some point in time because that's what I figured. They're a quarterback, a decent quarterback away from winning it all. I, it, and this past week, it was just a quarterback. Yeah, someone that can physically throw the football. Anybody. That, that's all that matters. Uh, then besides that, in the NHL, we'll talk about Bo Hor- Horvat trade and the NHL at the All-Star break with some concerning news about tv ratings which probably happens every year uh in the nba we'll talk about the all-star starters that we recorded this is context for everyone we recorded last week and maybe 20 minutes later i went downstairs and tnt was announcing the all-star starters so that's almost a week old now uh we'll talk about that and then i put every nba team into tiers for the trade deadline not of how good they are but what they should do this trade deadline that's fair and then I didn't say this last week, but I, it kind of snuck up on me that the NBA trade deadline's next weekend. So right. that'll be our half preview. And then our pick aside is going to be the bigger Raptors conversation right? about what do what do they do. Uh, baseball, there's a couple of things. We'll do Aussie Open, bad, good, and great, all that fun stuff. But the NFL is where we're going to start. Uh, do, we, we do, do we do Brady first or we do the games first? It's up to you. Let's, let's do the games. So... As usual, I took some very detailed notes. Also, I want to mention that I listened to uh, Jason and Travis Kelsey's podcast. Okay. They've been doing one all season, but I only wanted to listen to this one because they talked about both how they're going to be in the Super Bowl against each other. Right. And they just started a podcast this year, so I thought that was that was really cool for a podcast that has a lot more budget than we do. I wonder if they'll do the podcast during media day. Probably. They'll probably, Yeah. Because, yeah, they, it is a pretty cool, like, they do it in their own houses. Like, they can't do it together. So, it is... Uh, they will next week. Yeah, they'll be able to do it together. Uh, so, first game, definitely on the snoozer divisional round side. Yeah. Uh, Philly beats San Francisco 31-7. to It started off with Fred Warner being injured, which was just... Which, actually, I didn't realize how much of a... How telling that would be for this game. For right. how many injuries we were going to see. Yeah, there were a lot. He went head first into someone. It looked like you said collarbone. I was thinking neck, head, yeah. concussion, yeah. or something broken. And he missed like one play or right. two. Um, Then 
on that on that first drive uh third and eight a very low throw to aj brown but gets them the first down and gets him immediately involved after last the last week of oh yeah the hissy fit yeah he said it was because he was injured but who who knows um fourth and three later in the drive is the devonta smith which it was a conversion yeah caught the ball so we thought but until they showed the other angle, there was no – the only thing that – and I think you said it, that Devonta Smith got up immediately, and he did some motion with his hands. He put his hands it, together. It probably like, means, like, run a play right get, away because I to, didn't catch it. Yeah. Because we even said that. Like, they're not – we weren't sure if he made the catch. Like, we – like, it was one of those times where I'm surprised the commentators didn't say it 10 seconds after we did. Yeah. That, you know, because I wasn't sure it didn't – like as soon as he did that, I was really like, ah, the ref should have been like, what are you doing? Yeah, why are you getting up to the line that fast? Which was a funny, which is an interesting thing from Jason Kelsey's perspective. He said that on a lot of big first down plays, the Eagles like to run no huddle after that. So I guess in that context, it would seem casual, but it seemed frantic. Right. Like they're going up to what, like the five or six yard line yeah. after that catch. And it wasn't until they ran the next play. And then we had a second, and then they showed the replay, and you bring in Mike Pereira from Fox to go, yeah, that wasn't a catch. Thanks, Mike. So, like, here's my question. If the refs aren't sure, why wouldn't they just say, hold on, we're going to look at this? Like, why does it have to come from upstairs, who they should have enough time to at, at least look at an angle or two, and if they can't see it, why wouldn't at that point say, hold on, we, we're not sure. We want to take a look at this catch from, because I think it was like the fifth angle they had ended up finding it from. Yeah, that it was So loose. why wouldn't the replay people say, we haven't had time to look at this? Like, why is it always, a, it, it makes me laugh like that it's a time thing. So if an offense can can get a play illegally done yeah. and then run another play within 10 seconds, you're good. Yeah, you yeah. can cheat. Yeah, you it's, can't review it. It's kind of like cheating if you could be quick on your offense. Yeah, it's like strategically cheating. Yeah, uh, they get to goal and go. Uh, first, first and goal was just. It looked like that play from Kyler Murray earlier this year when he ran around for thirty seconds. Jalen Hurts. A lot of this game had all he, day to throw. Yeah, like Joey Bosa. Where were you in this game? He was in the crowd. Oh right, Nick. Sorry, Joey Bosa was there, though, oh. in a Niners jacket, and Eagles fans were yelling at him before the game and got him really mad and started yelling stuff like, um, oh, how are those so – the fan yelled like, oh, how are those fines? He's like, they're fine. I can pay them because I'm rich. He yelled that at a fan. Wow. So not a – Nick Bosa was held in check by torn groin Lane Johnson, just the best yeah. right tackle in the world, and best the, tackle in the world. And and their, their other defensive lineman was – probably thinking of other things that he did earlier in the week yeah they just let him play after yeah. we had talked about that like yeah he got arrested so probably not playing and then i'm like wait wasn't that wasn't that the guy yeah. And, yeah on the field no problem but that was a big part of this game right like he had all day to throw like all day <laughs> uh so then it, i think it was actually after the touchdown that they looked back because i would have put it in my yes. notes if it was yeah, right no, after then they're no, like oh yeah yeah it was it was after the touchdown but again in this game it didn't matter but yeah fair enough uh that was the first touchdown was one of two and I, how was that scored sorry i don't remember miles sanders uh, it's all runs yeah 
Mahomes. Miles Sanders, both of his touchdowns looked right. the exact same. He yeah. just walked in untouched. Like, like, the, like San Francisco, uh, it was the Cleveland Browns defense. <laughs> and then, I don't know if it was on that touchdown, but they did like a fun dance where Miles Sanders did it, and then Jason Kelsey started doing it, or just moving your hips pretty much. It is a popular dance, but I don't feel like explaining that right now. Um, then San Fran gets the ball back, first drive, and... Purdy gets hit, and it looks like just a pop fly ball, whatever, right. gets yeah. dropped, no problem. Then the refs move in pretty fast on this one because they look at it for a fumble, and it's Hassan Reddick, who I must have it. Um, so he was the one that first forced the turnover. He had his hand on Brock Purdy, or hit Brock Purdy's hand, and then his arm was moving, but that's what uh, hurt his elbow. He right. tore his UCL, I think, yeah. which could be Tommy John surgery. Right which Crazy. he wants to avoid. Um, but it was one of those, the defensive lineman, Linval Joseph, just picked it up and just started running with it, which all defensive players are taught to do. Like, right, and the refs are taught not to blow the whistle, let the play play out. Just so then you can review it. Right. And the review led to it being a fumble. Eagles got the ball. Hassan Reddick goes to the sidelines after forcing the turnover and just slobbers on himself. Like, he was just so excited that <laughs> yeah, he just spat on himself. I said, you got to see this again. Like, he's just like... <laughs> <laughs> just just one streak yeah he was very excited yeah uh philly gets the ball back but uh immediate stand by the niners eagles have to punt uh josh johnson comes in for brock purdy who i this might be wrong but i think it it might be 13 nfl teams and some xfl aaf teams mixed in there but 13 teams in his 15 year career including his third time with the niners so he He's made football a career, but he's had to do it the hard way. Yeah, I would love to know what his career earnings are because that yeah. would be fascinating. Um, the Eagles the Eagles did this at the beginning of the game, and then the Niners did it at the end of the game where they kept trying to strip the ball after the play was over. Yeah, like they were being – I don't know. In my mind, this game, it seemed like they were, both teams were being like overly aggressive, like at the wrong times. Yeah. Like after the play or like – yeah, like the, everyone wanted to strip the ball. It seemed like that was the theme of this game. That really was. Um, then we thought Nick Bosa got hurt. He had to jump over a falling player on the sideline. It, yeah, he wasn't even on the field but, and got hurt. Uh, then the whole and the whole rest of the first half, you just kept seeing Brock Purdy on the sideline getting his elbow worked on. He got it wrapped at one point. But at one point, you just say, let's just take this guy off the field. Let's go get x-rays done or something. It, it, yeah, like, it was funny. Like they kept calling him questionable, but he was just sitting there. Like, if it was a ruptured ulna or any type of major injury, they would know that right away. So why wouldn't they just say he's out? Then it was just questionable because they had he... to bring him back. <laughs> yeah, that this was a Bill Simmons topic from Sunday of like, if if you're in an NFL playoff game, can we just dress three quarterbacks? Yeah, is there not a Zamboni driver around? That could step in. We do it in the NHL all the time. Um, E-Buck. E e E-B-U-Q. E, e Emergency backup the, quarterback. There you go. Yes. I'm all for it. Yeah, because it just made this game so, like, that's just not how this Niners season deserved to end. No, absolutely not. Hurts uh, overthrows A.J. Brown, probably one of his few misses in that game. It's the punt. But they, the Eagles punter and everybody on the sideline thinks the punt hits a wire from Fox. Yes, from their the like center roam, field. roaming cam. Yes, 
So then, but they can't confirm it. They can't find an angle to show. No, no but they have enough time to stop play for about 10 minutes to see if it's hit this wire or not. But they can't review a a, a, a catch that wasn't a catch. No. Nope. Uh, so they can't confirm that. So 49ers get good field position that turned into absolutely nothing because I right. didn't have a note again until uh, San Francisco <laughs> pinned them down deep and Nick Bosa almost got a safety on Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he barely was, got out of the end zone. Yeah, yeah, he actually just rolled over Bosa or else it would have been a safety. Uh, yeah, Purdy's just still on the sidelines. Um, this was, again, back-to-back weeks of the chains, like the first down chains. Yeah. Can we, like... Uh, they bring in backup chains because yeah. last week they broke and we just taped it. This week we brought in the backup, so they were they were ready this week. Right, a lot of a lot of problems with the chains and, and backups. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Christian McCaffrey. Walt, I don't want to say Walt is in, but he made a thirty-yard touchdown run look pretty easy. Yeah, looked like Sanders. Barry? Oh, sorry. Oh, Miles Sanders. Yes. Yeah, I thought you meant Barry Sanders. No. Um, the Eagles this year. Uh, ran a QB. I don't know if this is how many times they ran a QB sneak, but they had 29 out of 32 first downs on QB sneaks. Right. That's pretty impressive. That is like, let's just show that Eagles offensive line was amazing. Like the play that they ran, just they, they know so well, all of them know, okay, you go low, I go high and we're going right. to create this. And Hertz does a good job when he gets the ball of like, He'll move. Yeah, like, he finds a gap. The Tom Brady move is just I'm going forward. Right. And I'm six foot four. No right. one's gonna I'm stop gonna get, me. Yeah. Jalen Hurts is like, okay, I'm gonna take it. I have half a second to move left or right to see right. where the hole is. And then is. I got people behind me pushing me by my butt. Yeah, Goddard and all the running backs. Yeah. It's such a smart, smart move. Uh Kenneth Gainwell both gets a first down and has a big run on this drive, leading to another Walton Miles Sanders touchdown. Because that's just the uh, I feel like the 49ers defense were so deflated by not having a quarterback on their side. Yeah, it affected that side of the ball as well. Agreed. Uh, at the end of the first half, you're thinking, okay, it's 14, it's 14, seven, right? Still a game at this point. Yeah. San Francisco has the ball. Just run the clock out. Cause what did I say? Now, play conservative. Yeah. Yes. You don't, e- you don't even have, even your number one quarterback is a conservative quarterback. He's not in just Take a knee, run the ball, kill the clock. You're down by seven at halftime. Yep. Don't don't get the Eagles the ball back. Nope. And Josh Johnson, because he's the backup quarterback, but he's the fourth string quarterback that the 49ers have had this year, gets a snap, is already trying to read the field, and it just bounces off his hands, fumble, yep. and the Eagles get the ball back. The 49ers... Um, I think we checked at the end of the game. They had so many defensive penalties, 11 for 81 yards or something like that. But it felt so much worse because so many of their penalties were just half a distance to the goal. Right. It wasn't full tilt penalties. Yeah. Uh, Boston Scott walks in for a touchdown. And going into the half, Philly's up 21-7. to seven, And Hassan Reddick, who was second in the NFL in sacks, I'm pretty sure, had two sacks, a forced fumble, and recovered that Josh Johnson fumble. Wow. So not a not a bad half. And was it the first half where that other guy made a sack and it almost turned into a fumble? Like, it was pretty close to being a fumble. Yeah, I think that was in the first half. I don't think I have 
that. Because that was pretty impressive play. We saw the replay on it. He was down by contact, but it he was, still took the ball from him. Like it was. Oh pretty, yeah, he did, did he rolled over him, him kind of. I think that was Reddick too. Yeah, that's what, it was that's like what even, made me think of it. Because again, it was another gotta rip the ball out, <laughs> gotta blow someone else's ulnar out of here. I think that was that the no that was so then Josh Johnson I think in it must be in the second half he gets hurt where he gets hit and it's one of those like NFL helmets are very safe but there's nothing that can really save you from whiplash yeah because he hits his head and his yeah. neck shoots back up yeah it didn't look good right away he's out Brock Purdy comes back in and that's when we get I don't I mean Fox wouldn't be intentionally quoting the office here but Christian McCaffrey is the backup to the backup. Right. So he was possibly going to be the quarterback. Yeah. Or they also mentioned Juszczyk, the fullback, might also right. play quarterback, which I feel like for what the 49ers did in the second half, why didn't they just run triple option? Exactly. Like we said, that's what we said. If you're not actually not going to throw the ball and it's not a threat, then don't do it. Yeah. That was, yeah. Like, um, I I know you didn't don't have much else you can do, but they did try trick play. Like we said, they did do a flea flicker. Yeah. Right. They were, but they're so conservative to begin with. It, it must like it's not in his playbook. No. Right. San Fran. It's all about playing safe. That and it was a lot of um, putting someone in motion, and that's who you give the ball to. So you get some kind of momentum as you run. Because the Eagles, similar. The I do feel like this team is similar to the team that won the Super Bowl because their defensive line is just like. I don't know. I could think of eight guys that played in that game because right. they just rotate they're them in and out, and they're solid. like, "Oh yeah, Nandama Kinsu. He's like the fourth yeah, defensive tackle. He used to be a superstar. Yeah, but he just signed on because you know you could chase chase not only chase a title but also have a not necessarily significant role. But the Giants just kind of rotate everyone. Or the Giants, the Eagles just rotate everyone, so no defensive lineman is out there getting exhausted. Right, because that's what the 49ers just had to do. That they don't yeah. have enough enough of those guys at least uh second half is also the we start punt game back and forth Jalen Hurts actually starts running in the third quarter which was a little terrifying as like if you're going to the Super Bowl maybe maybe don't run like would it have been mean or like disrespectful to put Gardner Minshew in that game earlier yeah like to me the game was over at halftime it wasn't at 14-7 but once they scored that other touchdown and then I guess once Johnson got hurt, in my mind, yeah, the game's over now. I'm sure the Eagles knew the, that Purdy was hurt. Yeah. Right? Significantly. So they knew, like, you can just stack the box. Yeah. You don't have to play back. You yeah. know they're not throwing it. Not only, like, Brock Purdy went, what, four for four in the game passing? Yeah, he, he did throw one ball with a blown ulnar. That, it was a, uh, like a almost like a screen sidearm pass to McCaffrey. I'm surprised he didn't do more of that. Maybe he couldn't, though. Maybe once he did that one time, it was like, Coach, I can't even do that. That's that's way too painful. Yeah, at that point, I don't know. Then, then that's when you go, okay, Debo, McCaffrey, use check. Yeah, you guys I, just I figure agree. it out. I agree. Just do the wishbone. Uh, uh, Hufanga, the the safety that I love, he works out with Troy Palomalu. Kind of looks like him, too, with the hair flowing. Right. Hits Jalen Hurts out of bounds. One of those, it was a half a distance to the goal. So, it, yeah wasn't that significant and also wasn't the the most significant unnecessary roughness of the day yeah um Jalen Hurts does like he did like a mini gritty touchdown celebration I thought that was cool uh Bradley Cooper who I didn't I found out he was sober but it, if you I would have been surprised if you told me during the game because yeah. he looked like I don't want to say he was on drugs but like he was like either like sleep deprived or something like he was <laughs> it was a little a little messy energy uh 
Trent Williams, because uh, now it's it's reported that he's considering retiring, and I think that's because he wants to go to the WWE because one of those after play and yeah the 49ers did this at the end of the game where the w- play would be over whistle would be going and they're still just like punching at the ball yeah like it was like oh we're going to play Philadelphia Flyers hockey out here <laughs> 1975 style and then Trent Williams just throws a guy and For like no he- reason right no. like it was a bit of a scuffle but that's frustration yeah right you could, you could definitely see the 49ers, once they knew it was over, that's yeah. when there were a lot more sloppy penalties and defensive yeah. lapses. And, I mean, the offense we could talk about all day. They just didn't do anything in the biggest game of the year. And then once once the Eagles win, uh, Terry Bradshaw makes J- gives Jalen Hurts the mic and goes, okay, we're singing fly, Eagles, fly. Oh, and boy. it's really bad. <laughs> just, yes. Jalen, we know Jalen Hurts isn't a singer. He's he's a very good, very good, very talented quarterback. And Terry Bradshaw had the lyrics in his hand too of like, we're gonna sing this. And it's like he should have just he should have kept the mic. Also, it's like I know Philly Pittsburgh and football isn't like that big of a rivalry, but right. like as a Steeler fan, wouldn't you go like, hey, maybe yeah. maybe don't do that. Right. With a cross town, cross state rivals. State rivals, yes. They are in pretty much every other sport other than football they should they just be. don't play each other enough right they played this year yeah man they should i feel they, like it was the best team against the worst team that stat was. that was one of my <laughs> bad stats i remember earlier in the year and, and by the way san fran best team with a 31 7 score running the ball they just run for four run for five run for six they just killed the clock they did an excellent job there in that fourth quarter <laughs> Yeah, that game that game once it was like over i just kind of i checked out like it was just like all right we're we're done eagles did the super bowl i won my bet which i didn't i think we talked about it on here didn't we that's what i was gonna do yes i think i yeah. said i was gonna take the niners gonna hedge i ended yeah. up just forgetting and right worked I out for me the, i again i went against my own that you took thought the process eagles. took the eagles so i won my bet but <laughs> that made me laugh when you told me that after you said i like the niners so i'm yep. gonna pick the eagles um that leads us into our second game definitely what conference championship weekend should be like right and these and now we can call this series these between these two teams a rivalry does it have to be a rivalry if both te- both teams have to win for it to be a rivalry I, I don't think so i i because it's yeah i i really don't think that has to be the case because how many rivalries can you name where one team dominates over the other it happens a lot Yankees and Red Sox, Canadians and Leafs. I feel like that. Oh, I guess that's Montreal dominates the Leafs. Yeah, even like, now, like they still, they, they still, do. still beat them. But right, like there's rivalries, but it seems like it, it's one sided, a lot of the time. Yeah, this was like I, I'm trying to think of a fifty fifty. I I can't think of one off the top of my uh, uh Celtics Lakers. Yeah, that makes sense. They they're pretty equal, but I mean, a lot of it is. It's one-sided. Yeah, that's fair. The rivalries like Pittsburgh-Philly isn't really that close. No. Not, especially not recently. Uh, Kansas City beats Cincinnati 23-20. I'm going to be honest. I, I was going to listen back to our episode, but I didn't want to. I don't think I picked this game. I think we both just said, uh, just enjoy it. <laughs> Again, I would have taken the Bengals. I was cheering for Kansas points, City. I will, I will yeah, say Yeah, you were that. saying that. I, I didn't really care. I, both teams are are good teams and uh, it almost feels like maybe that could have been the best two teams and that was your Super Bowl because really 
what can we say about the Philadelphia Eagles? Like, yes, they won, but what kind of team did they beat? Like, they beat a quarterless, quarterbackless team. Yeah, their their like, playoff run for two home games is one of probably one of the easier. Easy, yeah, two like games. Giants. Yeah, the Giants. It's too bad they didn't get the Giants, who played the Vikings, because I think that would have given the Eagles a better game. Like they didn't play very good. Yeah, no, they, in my mind, the Giants played their Super Bowl the week before. Yeah, if they would have played at that level against the Eagles, at least it would have been a bit better game. I don't think they would have lost like the Eagles. But again, same with this game, like. What what are the Philadelphia Eagles like? How good are they? And and then if they they beat they I could see them beating Kansas City and everyone going, are we sure they were the best team? Right. But in that one game scenario, you never know yeah. the the nerves and all that stuff. Uh, we start off. Uh, Trent McDuffie almost gets an interception on that first drive. They call a false start on the Bengals, even though we couldn't even hear the whistles. Right. Like, they started running the play, and they're like, yeah, no, false start, offense. Uh, Burrow gets sacked. He got, what, sacked four times in the first half? Yeah. And I don't uh, think got sacked again. Right, yeah. The offensive line uh, kind of figured things out, but it looked grim early. <laughs> uh, then I just read, I just wrote Kelsey. Oh, because Travis Kelsey, I don't think it was before that. It was like like Friday, Saturday into Sunday was he's questionable with back right. spasms. Yeah. And he said that again, this was what the cool part of listening to that podcast was he was like, yeah, until Sunday, like I couldn't like fully stretch out my back. Right. And he's like, that's how close I was to not playing in that right. game. And, and same with Mahomes. Yeah. Like he was hobbling. Like he looked okay, but still you could tell when he forced it, he forced his running, things started to unravel for his, on his ankle. Yeah. Uh, Kadarius Tony made made a catch almost identical to the Devonta Smith one, but right, it, I can't remember if he actually caught it or not. But he got hurt, so, right? So that was the, the be- beginning of the wide receiver in Kansas City of like, uh, who's again, up next? Yeah, exactly. That yeah, it was like quarterbacks for San Francisco and wide receivers for Kansas City. Yeah, dropping like flies. Uh, Travis Kelsey tried to run a hook and ladder play in the first quarter of the game. Yeah, that was so strange. And then he said this on the podcast that he was going to do it again. But he, it would have worked. It would have, like, but he like threw it he, short. Yeah, if he just would have threw it to him, he, they would have gained another 25. I'm That's a play I'm surprised doesn't happen more often. Because like, to me, it's not really risky if the guy's coming wide open behind. Like, un- unless some players start picking up on that. But usually, all you're trying to do is you're trying to yank the ball out of the the guy's catching it, yeah. especially in the San Fran Philly game, right? But <laughs> even when the whistle's done, yeah, keep, keep going, yanking. Yeah, that's what, and he blamed himself too. That if he'd thrown it harder, yeah, it was the right play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Hilton almost gets an interception. Mahomes tries to do the the shovel shovel pass, which, by the way, guys, jet sweep. We remember what a jet sweep is. Yes, there we go. It took us a uh, took us t- till the time we saw the play, and then it just came to us. Then you were the one that yeah. just jet sweep, jet sweep. I, was, I kept yeah. saying jet screen or jet yeah, jet stream. Just, yeah, we knew it was something like that. Jet stream would be a great call. That's true. Yeah, that'd be a good one. But he tries to throw a shovel pass to McKinnon, and you can. It's one of those you can see he can't push off as hard anymore. Yeah, and almost gets picked off. Right. Mike Hilton is probably as a cornerback. I know this is not an accurate stat. I'm pretty sure he blitzes 85 percent of the time. Right. He's just oh, he was always oh, in Mahomes' going. face. Yeah. yeah. And he was the one that started Burrowhead, right? Instead of Arrowhead, uh, Travis Kelsey touchdown. Uh, then Cincinnati gets the ball back. 
the defender, I can't remember who it was because one of their cornerbacks got hurt, but the Kansas City defender jumps like a hair too early and it would have been, or maybe it wasn't an interception. It got called back for pass interference. Right. One of those, like, cause I know a lot of people are saying that uh, Kansas City, the refs handed the Chiefs this game. I, I don't think so. No, there was a couple plays that definitely went their way. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Bengals end up getting, they get three, uh, three at the end of half. T Higgins had a couple like really nice catches. Yeah. They called their last time out at 34 seconds, which they said, great job. And I was thinking, well, if you get one more play in the middle, then you're going to hopefully get to down it. But they get four seconds left. They take a field goal instead of one last shot to the end zone, which right. I understand the conservatism there. Yeah. Not, not a big deal there. Uh, then you find out coming out of the first half, Legarius Need has a concussion out for the game. I don't know what his status even is now, but right. he's got got another week. Uh, T. Higgins with like one of the nicest touchdown catches I've seen. Like it wasn't spectacular, but it was just like, oh yeah, that guy's like six foot four, right? And just and it was a nice throw, nice throw over everyone yep. where only he could get it, right? Um, uh, Mahomes. Oh, uh, I was like, I did not write this. I'm, I'm, I also had a few drinks during this. Um, oh, right. He, Mahomes toss, tries to toss the ball, but he went. He was down on a knee. Right. So they called him down, yes. and they didn't even chat. Like can't or Cincinnati was about to challenge. They were it, going to, yeah. and the rest were just like, no, that's just he's down. Right. right. You don't need to challenge. But again, that. they 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 talked about it after discussion. Right after thing. discussion. So like again, why wouldn't they have done that in the first game? But again, it didn't matter. But it could have. It could have. Um, then uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who is like the third or fourth receiver on the Chiefs, but for the rest of this game, I think he was like he's, six catches, 134 yards. He's the number one receiver. He got nobody left. No. Uh, Tony Romo makes um, – he compares Patrick Mahomes and the doubt involved with him to Michael Jordan oh, and yeah. Clyde Drexler in the 92 finals, yeah. which was another contentious point from Bill Simmons of like that's not a fair comparison, but he said that's not a fair comparison to Burrow. That Burrow is better than Drexler, right? Than Mahomes and Jordan. So I was thinking, like, it wasn't as disrespectful of a time, but like, like Jordan Barkley, maybe, right? But I guess also because they played Jordan and Drexler played the same position, yeah, is what Tony Romo was going for, and I, he was excited. Oh yeah, hey, there was quite a here few we, times. Here we go, like, Jim. He was like over the, th- and that was one of them. He went on the Michael Jordan rant, like, <laughs> yeah, you almost need him with Collingsworth sometimes because they can both. They both get each other going. I think I would listen to about a five-hour podcast of them two talking about football. Right. Because they wouldn't know five hours had passed, nope. but they would just, like, Be keep so on excited. talking. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing is, like, who they need some. They need an adult with them to, yes, like, to, all right. Okay, that's enough. Settle yeah, down. Settle down. That was what yeah. Al Michaels was always good at. Like, he would let Chris Collingsworth do his thing, but then he'd also be like, okay, now it's my turn to talk. Right. And settle down, Chris. I'll give you – give you. I'll tell you what happens in this play, and then you can you – know, Patrick Mahomes is just is so amazing. I don't know if that's a good impression or not. I feel yeah. like I'm I'm close. Yeah. Uh, I scrolled back up to the Eagles game. Yeah, that comparison was was very interesting. Yeah. Um, Mahomes' ankle you could just see throughout the game. It just kept getting worse. It was getting worse. Yeah, for sure. Just couldn't push off. No, couldn't do Mahomes things that only he can do. And. I think this also was a part of the the Jordan comparison. As a couple minutes later, he had he 
is about to throw a screen pass but catches the ball and almost worse than Josh Johnson just kind of th- fumbles the ball but like up like he it goes backwards when he right. fumbles it recovered by the Chiefs um yeah I thought that was the game by the Bengals I right. thought that was the TSN turning point when when that happened yeah that did feel the like the Bengals were get were having they had the momentum right like the Chiefs for the start of the second half, they needed to do something to stop the momentum because the Chief, it was almost a, a game of quarters. Yeah, Kansas City had the first quarter, but then the Bengals had the second quarter. The Chiefs needed to got the ball first to shut down the Bengals in the third. But when that happened, I was that in my mind going, "Oh my God, the Bengals are going to do it again." Yeah, it did. It did feel like everything was pointing to that direction. Yeah. Uh, since he has fourth and six, it was around midfield ish, right? Maybe on their own territory, but only probably one of the only times we really heard from Jamar Chase in this game. Yeah, they shut him down. With rookies and backups. Yeah. And it's a 36-yard pass. Gets them in scoring range. Samaji P. Ryan runs in a touchdown. And just like that, Cincinnati is just... They were they were sitting pretty. Right. It felt like their game to lose. And then there's the, the do-over on third down. Which, if you're going to... If that's your reason for this game being rigged or whatever, that's right. that's not fair. The ref was coming onto the field. It wasn't even the ref. It's the line judge who's like the furthest from the plane. He's like 40 yards away. Yeah, so it's tough for him to say, tell everyone like, hey, hey, hold on. I don't even remember what it was. Is I don't know. clock either. issue? Yeah, Something I think like that's that. what it was because the clock was running and the previous play had been an incomplete pass. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Uh, then... Also because it didn't this didn't affect the game. If this was like the last play of the game and the Chiefs won because of this. For sure, for sure. Yeah, this is what like halfway through the third quarter when this happened. Like it's yeah, it's fairly early, there. right? Like early it's getting late early. <laughs> uh so then they get a sack, but Eli old Eli Eli holding. Eli Apple gets called for holding, automatic first down. So this like the San Francisco Philly game was like just loaded with 49er penalties this seemed like a game where the only time there was penalties is it cost the Bengals every time yep. right like we think oh they just got into this one fourth th- oh hold on a second holding yep. illegal motion or hands to the face or yeah just the Bengals they didn't I don't think they had a lot of penalties but they were very costly no especially towards the end of this they're still yep three more Bengals penalties that right Im- impacted this game uh ball goes a ball goes off jamar chase's helmet which i think then was that the interception if i'm remembering that or maybe that was a different play but a ball was that an almost interception maybe but then there was also the deflection interception that was basically just a punt right yeah it was exactly. like third down and they just threw it down threw it downfield yeah uh mike hilton he got called for pass interference didn't lead anything chiefs punt then uh joe burrow deep in deep in the Bengals territory with like not a lot of time under two minutes left in this game gets called for the intentional grounding which i would say is probably the one penalty that i would i would concede of not not that the refs are on the chief's side but that was probably the biggest penalty that i would go eh, i probably wasn't gonna call that right because he's in the pocket but there's no one in he, the area right but, but and he's intentionally throwing it into the ground but not to get sacked because isn't that the intent of that uh, penalty usually yeah. it's it's to avoid being sacked and having losing the yard he's doing it because the it, the screenplay is not working yeah. so he was just trying to throw it like 
at the ground, but there was a running back around there. Yeah. Right? Like, I agree. Like, that was kind of a chintzy penalty. I would say that's the worst one, especially. But then, again, if you say that's going to affect the game, maybe people don't remember. They got a first down on that play. Right. They had Hayden Hurst, the tight end, wide open on the right side. Who I found they didn't use very much in this game compared to the Bills game. Yeah, like two catches maybe. Yeah, two or three. And that's what I said to you. I said, "Oh, is that his first catch?" And I, and you said, "I think it's the second. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> again, they didn't use him very much. Crazy game. Uh, so then the chief or the Bengals send it back to the Chiefs and Sky Moore, who earlier this year was like taken off punt returning because he fumbled it. Right. Has a great return, gets the Chiefs on like their own forty-five, and it's. I don't even know. I they I don't remember how much time was left. It must have been like 40, 30 seconds, something like that. Did, did we talk about the Bengals going for it on fourth down? I guess at that point, they're in their own territory. It's tied. We're thinking overtime. Yeah. They probably are too. Okay. I think that's what, I mean, That's I was thinking more of just like, oh, this is awesome. We're going to get an overtime right. game. Which is going to be a, an actual proper overtime game where both teams get the ball. Yeah. Poor, poor Josh Allen. Yeah. Like, if Josh Allen never wins anything, right. everyone's going to go, ah, that time. We probably should have yeah. should have had the rules changed. Changed before that because he may have won. Uh, then it's the, the Joseph Osai, unnecessary roughness. Mahomes, who can't run, is running out of bounds to get them not really in field goal range. That probably would have been like a 50-plus yarder right. at that point. Yeah, But Osai... I mean, again, it's one of those that was so close. It, Mahomes, his two feet were out of bounds, but, but barely. Just, yeah, they just, like, again, to me, it's so hard for defensive players because, like, they're going full tilt and you got to stop. Yeah. You got to not do what you're doing, right? It, it's almost like a, a hockey player or something like that, like, um, going in for a body check and the guy, like, drops to a knee so you're supposed to not hit him yeah like it's i know it's a different comparison because you're still moving but it's still if you're right there like i think we saw it in this game or the game before where one of the defensive players got hurt trying to avoid hitting the quarterback who had fallen to the ground because now he's like ah almost blows his knee out trying to not hit him but i agree like it was again it's like 30 seconds left i i might have not called this just it was so close to him just going out of bounds and the guy got hurt they did <laughs> on and the play a, as and well. a coach got ran over yeah it was just a mess and that leads to harrison butker getting to kick a 45 yarder right instead of a 50 plus yeah. yarder yeah so chiefs get the win and i don't know not maybe not mvp of the game but mvp of the award ceremony or trophy ceremony is definitely travis kelsey who yells into the mic burrow head my ass so here, here's the funny thing. The next time you listen to a any professional player interviewing saying, yeah, I don't listen to that stuff. I don't read that stuff. That's bull crap. Because yeah. they, they really meant something. These guys would not talk on national TV about this stuff if it didn't mean anything. No, like even Mahomes like, after was like, yeah. oh, I've heard all yeah. of this. Yeah. Like Burrowhead, no. Yeah. Right? Like they, they, they were all over that. Right? So it's... It's funny because they are humans yep. and they listen to that stuff and they'll their publicists will say just don't go there. But they are. Even um did you see the Cincinnati mayor what he did? No. So before the game, I think it was after we recorded, he was like he posted a video on his Twitter saying like, Oh, you know, I'm gonna get a paternity test done to see if Joe Burrow is actually Patrick Mahomes' father. Like just as a joke. Right. And then 
Jim Nance did a great job of this. He just kind of like Travis Kelsey knew what he wanted to say. He wanted to talk about the Cincinnati mayor and right. Jim Nance just kind of goes, Travis and holds the mic up to him just right. to like basically let him. let him go. Right. And he does like a WWE, like wrestling, like they call it, like promo or promo cut a promo yeah. or something like yeah. that, where you're like just going at someone and he's talking about the Cincinnati mayor and he calls him a jabroni, which did not know that was a thing. Like I'd heard that, but right. I feel like he brought that back and, and then after the Cincinnati mayor was a really good sport about it, he's like, you know what? I, I definitely deserve that. Congrats on the win. You guys deserve it. Right. Like very like gracious went along with the joke. I, Travis Kelsey is amazing. He's one of the most fun people in football for people that like don't pay attention to him. He's right. just awesome. Uh, then other, other fo- football stuff, obviously Tom Brady retires. I don't really know if I want to talk about this. He says it's for good. And if so, that's, for the second straight year, we're talking about the greatest of all time retiring. Right. I, I like, um, I just listened to Bob Costas. He was on CNN just before we came on here. And he, he kind of made a good point. Like, is he um, the greatest of all time? Or is he one that received the most accolades all time? Because there was, um, he, he, again, I should have listened to this a little closer because he did have some good comparisons. Like, Peyton Manning, I think, had more um, MVPs than he did when they played at the same time. Yeah. Um, there, there were, he was comparing some other – Joe Montana, he was comparing him to. Um, but, again, yes, seven Super Bowls, that's pretty much – does it says everything you need to say. But it was just kind of interesting how Bob Costas worded it because uh, Wolf asked him, like, is he the greatest of all time? And he kind of, I thought for sure he would have said, yeah, just like that. But I like the way that Bob Costas explained it. It was kind of neat. Maybe it's more Tom Brady is the Bill Russell of football where he's the greatest winner. Yes, exactly. Because Yeah, you're right. Because you might say like at that time, Wilt Chamberlain might have been the best player yep. of all time, but he didn't win all that many championships. Yeah. Right? The, the Tom Brady 23-season career, seven-time Super Bowl champion, five-time Super Bowl MVP. I did not know. I know Malcolm Butler got one. I don't know who else he lost a Super Bowl MVP to. Was it uh, one of the wide receivers? Oh, like Deion Branch, someone like that. Or what about... Uh, oh, Edelman? Uh, yeah, or Wes Walker. Gronk, maybe, maybe someone yeah. like that. Uh, three-time MVP, six-time All-Pro. That's, uh, that's low. Yeah. Right? For 23 seasons? Uh, 15-time Pro Bowler. He is the all-time leader, and I think this is probably what separates him. All-time pass leader, touchdown passes, all-time wins, and all-time playoff yeah. wins. Well, again, what quarterback's going to play till they're 45 and, and still be good? Yeah. Right? Like, he was, like, I would say above good. Like, this year he had, like, a, an average season by uh, by Tom Brady standards, but really it was a pretty good season if you're – if you're anyone else, yeah. right? If you're Johnson from the San Francisco 49ers, fourth string quarterback, you take those stats every day. Yeah, easily. Every year, right? <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers, so apparently the rumor out there is that the Packers would prefer to move on from Rodgers at this point. And I told you, I told you that, not that I came up with this, but I, I think I know what team it is. Right. I think it's the New York Jets. Really? I think it's the 49ers. The 49ers probably makes more sense. It, but maybe not, though. Maybe the Packers of, wouldn't give them to... No, no, I'm, I'm just thinking because would the 49ers want someone with Rodgers' 
um, mobility and ingenuity. Like he's he, he kind of improvises. Forty Niners just you just need a manageable quarterback, right? Just needs a game manager. And maybe that's right? why Derek yeah. Carr makes more sense. Yeah, and wouldn't cost you as much for sure. Like if you tell him, listen, this is going to be your offense. Right. Here's McCaffrey and Debo and George Kittle and one of the best offensive lines. Yeah. You're, we're not going to give you $40 million, but right. here's like 25, 20, 15. Yeah. <laughs> we might need down. a couple more quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, some good, some good backups. Because apparently Trey Lance said he's going to be ready for OTAs, but okay. is, that, is that who you want your starting quarterback to be next year? Or this year? Next year? What do we call it? Because it is the same is. calendar year. Yeah. But Get ready for the 2023 NFL season. <laughs> uh, Sean Payton, Denver Broncos head coach. Yeah. Had to give up some compensation, a couple yep. draft picks. Through a trade. Yeah. One of, uh, I think this is the sixth time I in saw history. It. I did see that. Yeah. There's a, the only one I could think of was Belichick. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a funny one. Did he get tra- Wait, did he get traded to the Jets? Or the Jets traded him to the Patriots? Right, yeah. Makes more sense. Uh, five-year deal. He's going to make it from in between 17 and $20 million a year. Wow. That is a big commitment. The only, the only hesitation I have is even with Sean Payton, are we sure the Broncos are like the third best team in their division? Yeah, in their division. Exactly. And like... We'll see if coaching can improve a team. Yeah. That'll be a good measuring stick next year. Also, D'Amico Ryans, who right after the game, Fred Warner was talking about how great it was to have him as a coach. I think that 49er defense must have known that he was he was going to be leaving. Right. And he just said what a honor and pleasure, and he made him such a better player, which Fred Warner now, I feel like it's like you can't really argue that he's not the best linebacker in football. Right. Watching him run around, but D'Amico Ryans is officially the head coach of the Texans. Former Houston Texan player is going there on a six-year deal. He's part of the rebuild. Yep, the security. And then J.J. Watt posted something interesting that kind of made everyone think J.J. Watt might be going to Houston, too, to coach Oh, with D'Amico. Yeah, no, I don't think he's coming out of retirement. Right. Uh, Frank Reich, which I love that the first – First person to throw a pass in the Carolina Panthers franchise history right. is now their head coach. I, I'd forgotten that he got – I can't remember if it was released by the Bills or traded or what the story was, but, yeah, I forgot about that. I think that's just – I think what the Panthers have now is just an adult in the room. Also, don't let him pick the quarterback because Frank Reich wasn't very good at that. Right. He picked Phillip Rivers and Carson Wentz. Yeah. So maybe just give give him a quarterback, but right. I think Frank Reich can, because now if you look at that division, is Frank Reich on day one the best coach in that division? Yeah, I would say so. That's, uh, that's best record anyway. Oh, that's a coaching record. Embarrassing for that franchise. Uh, going back to the Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett, who was fired earlier this year. This is also part of the Rodgers to the Jets theory is that he's now the New York Jets offensive coordinator. Okay. As he was the offensive coordinator for Rodgers in Green Bay. Maybe they don't like each other, so it's a right. a bad bad spot to put them together, but just something something out there. Apparently Robert Sala uh interviewed like 20 different candidates for that job, wow. for the offensive coordinator job and there is a uh like group where it's not necessarily i'm sure they're part of like sean mcveigh and kyle shanahan and those right. like disciples but they have this like kind of group which includes um mike 
Matt Laf- Matt Lafleur, who's the Packers head coach, and uh, his brother Mike Lafleur. One of them was like Salah's best man at his wedding. Okay. One of them were. I can't remember who it was now. But speaking of that, Lafleur, he the other Lafleur, Mike Lafleur, is the offensive coordinator now for the Rams. So part of that, like the coaching tree, like I'm, I feel like. LaFleur is probably a McVay guy, so it's kind of cool that he gets to – because he was the Jets' offensive coordinator, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So that's a lot of – there's a big group in there that kind of all just steals coaches from each other. Right. Uh, and then Kellen Moore, he's now the offensive coordinator for the Chargers. Right. After the Cowboys part, parted ways with him, and Mike McCarthy might take over play-calling responsibilities. Right. I don't know if that includes that Zeke play. Or if that was Kellen Moore. I would say it's Kellen Moore, but who knows? Yeah, I I feel like if you're the Cowboys, you probably should get an offensive coordinator. Yeah, I agree. And especially that Dan Quinn said that he's staying. Yeah, that was a big keep. Because I also think, like, if you go to an interview with Dan Quinn, what everyone knows what you're going to ask him. You're going to ask him about the Falcons and being right. in that 28-3 Super Bowl. He was the head coach of that team. Right. Does anybody would anybody really trust him to be a head coach? Maybe Dallas. Like maybe he's thinking he's can be the coach in the wings. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's right. fair. Because there's also like there's someone out there like uh, like Eric Bieniemy with the Chiefs. I know they're in the Super Bowl now, but it seems like he not seems like this isn't a I've looked at anything. But if he wants a different job, if he does, because I mean, if do you really want to leave Andy Reid? It's like one of the best coaches ever. Wouldn't you in the Cowboys be an interesting spot at least? Yeah. Intriguing? Yeah. Possibly at least. Uh also Justin Herbert is getting uh left shoulder surgery to repair not a torn labrum, but just a labrum injury, not in his throwing shoulder, so I guess not a lot of concern. Also was like the ribs are his ribs just fine from earlier this year? I don't know. But it kinda makes sense because remember you asked that question, like, was he hurt? So he was. Yeah, he was hurt. Uh, apparently the Cowboys, I don't know if it's Dak's side or the Cowboys themselves that say they're interested in working on an extension for Prescott. Didn't he just sign one? Probably. <laughs> I thought he just got $40 million. That, he, I think he wants more. Well, um, I'm, I would just say as a non-Cowboy fan, I would maybe play out this contract and see if there's another quarterback you can go out and get. Because yeah. you can fire all the coaches you want, but eventually you're going to have to look at your personnel. Right. And offensively, if it doesn't work this year, that's when I – or this coming season. Right. Then maybe just – be time to move on. Not Dak and Zeke and – Get a new core in there. Well, they're already $23.6 million over the salary cap, oh. so they're going to have to get rid of some guys. I know Zeke's going to he's gonna restructure his I'm deal. I'm sure, yeah, if he wants to stay. Otherwise, they'll just release him. Get out of here. Uh, Tua is finally out of concussion protocol. He's not going to be in the Pro Bowl games, but it's just a, a good sign for just not football, just his health. Yeah, in general. Let's just give him the off season. No, no hits to the head. Right. Let's hope he rests up properly yeah. and recovers. Uh, the last thing I have is some early. So the Super Bowl is next weekend, but here are some some early uh, storylines. I want you to tell me what is what's going to be the most annoying storyline that we have to hear for the next week. All right. Uh, Andy Reid just 
being the old Eagles coach and being right. so successful and now going to the Chiefs. Yeah. We're going to hear about that all week. The Kelseys, the fact that they're the first ever brothers to play against each other in the Super Bowl. Um, Hurts versus Mahomes in terms of injuries. Because we know Jalen Hurts has the shoulder. Mahomes has the ankle. Pretty obvious. Right. This isn't an annoying one, but I find this interesting that when Andy Reid became coach of the Chiefs, Nick Sirianni was the offensive, uh, the quality something coach. Yeah, exactly. And Andy Reid fired him, not like maliciously, but just he had his own guy. Right. So Sirianni was pretty like, no, I I got it when he fired me and he let me know. So what out of those? You could include the... Reed firing Sirianni, but what do you think will be the most annoying that we have to listen to? I would say probably the the Andy Reid being the coach of both teams, but I found that one the most intriguing until Sirianni said, "Yeah, I was amicable," and I, if he would have said, "Yeah, I was," you know, it could have made a, a big, jerk. Yeah, I would have made it a bigger bigger rivalry right for this game, but now, yeah, it's kind of like, oh, he, but he let me go early, so I was able to find another job and. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, take that out of that then. Yep, just sweetheart Andy Reid. Yeah. I would say the only one I'm I'm only concerned about this because I love it as a storyline is the Kelseys. Like, I hope we don't talk about it too much, especially because, like, it's not like they face off against each other. They're both on offense. They're never going to come face-to-face with each other no, during ever. the game. Yeah. So that could get annoying, but I also think people just don't talk about Jason Kelsey enough for it to be annoying. Right. Everyone just loves Travis Kelsey, though. Although we have, again, my most annoying thing about this is it's two weeks. <laughs> Go, just play the Super Bowl. That's Why? What the, that's what we have the Pro Bowl for. Oh, yeah. The the NFL, we should honest, they should honestly just call it the NFL dunk contest. The best catch thing where we're like right. voting on who has the coolest catch. Yeah. It's the NHL All-Star Games this weekend. Right. I'm excited for that. Um let's actually let's go to the nhl uh bo horvat traded to the new york islanders yeah a few weeks too early just for uh, trade deadline day like they're gonna fill yeah like- t- yeah tsn's upset already for sure yeah because this yeah kind of early i just i'm surprised that they didn't sign him as well like i'm surprised that wasn't part of the deal where um we'll trade for him but we want to talk to him and ha- get his rights and and sign him and then make the trade because i know some teams do do that but Maybe the Islanders can't afford it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they're just willing to take that risk. Yeah. Uh, he'll, I think he'll make more money in the op- on the open market, maybe. Maybe Bo didn't want to yeah, sign it. I, I could I could see it being that of him saying, like, I'll, I'll play out this season, but I want to – I have the chance to be a free agent. I want to be a free agent. Right. Uh, so he's going to the Islanders, and this probably is part of the why they didn't sign him. He's going 25% retained salary. Yeah, Vancouver, yeah, which I'm surprised. I guess the Islanders couldn't – it would have put him over the cap? Yeah, probably, because especially they give up Anthony Bavillier, right. Atu Ratu, which it's still hilarious that his name is Ratu, but it's R-A-T-Y, right. but it's Ratu. And a 2023 first-round pick that is top 12 protected, right? and if it's – within that top 12 and it gets rolled over to next year right i think i i loved though i saw reactions from both sides of like both sides hating this deal just no <laughs> one's happy no one's happy yet. no one liked this well, deal it was a bit of a forced deal by vancouver for sure yeah they they made their choice especially when they signed kuzmenko that yeah. was yeah their, that was the uh, icing on the cake or the final nail in the coffin for Bo. yeah i think for I'll, I'll say that for me, I think the Islanders just got the best player in this trade for sure, and 
I can say that I financially backed that up by taking the Islanders to make the playoffs. Oh, see, I was looking at the standings. I don't know if that is enough to put them in. They are currently plus 200 and two points back of a playoff spot. Right. At least two points back. Well, that's what I mean. And they got teams they got to climb over. Um, just Buffalo. Buffalo, Pittsburgh are the only two teams ahead of them. Right. And then, but who's right behind them? Uh, that I have a stay. I have all the standings written oh, down. Okay. So I have a like the Sens are coming on. Florida are there. Florida, you figure he's got to have something in the tank there to Philly. No, they're going on a run. Yeah, it's... they have more points than the Red Wings. Yes, but the Red Wings have three games in hand, and the Flyers are getting ready to dump <laughs> dump a whole bunch of players. <laughs> like can here. I love how ready you were for that. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. They're not going to be worse. Um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for Vancouver, this is the kind of reset deal. Like Ratu is going to play in the AHL. Bavillier right. will be a top six guy. And yeah. if the best case scenario for the Canucks is the Canucks win the draft lottery with their own pick, right? And this Islander pick stays in stays in lottery range, right? So you end up with first and fourteen, fifteen, right? Or they were saying on the news like fourth and sixteenth or something. Yeah, that's a good start to a rebuild, especially because, yeah. like, to me, I fear that the Canucks are the most fascinating team in hockey because, like, Brock Besser, if I was to put put a percentage, Brock Pes- Besser, Brock Besser should be, like, 95% that he's out the door, that he's getting traded. I think, yeah, like, I think there's a few Canucks that are going to go out. And, and that in that case, like, if you're not even retooling, you're rebuilding – you could you could ante up a few of those picks to try and get like you probably can't get number one, but you can probably get number two or three yeah. if you're not that high, right? Like if you're Arizona, right? They they would probably consider oh you're gonna give us your fourth at sixteenth and a player, and you can take our number two pick or number three pick. Yeah, might be interested. If you're only moving back a few spots, yeah, and, and you, you could still, still kind of sp- get the person you want. Yeah, I could see that. Um. For, yeah, I'm glad this is just because it's also like no one's taking JT Miller. No, too, no one's taking a contract, unfortunately, a contract that has not even kicked in yet. Yeah. And now you're looking at that team of like, who's going to be left? You keep Patterson. That's yep. a young, young guy. You keep Quinn Hughes. Yep. Probably, Another young guy. Probably unless you get some amazing offer for him. Yep. You're trading. You're going to. Luke Shen should be traded. He'll be playing in Tampa Bay in another three weeks. <laughs> you don't think Who's Tro- kidding Toronto? Who? I don't think Toronto needs him. I think Tampa Bay would prefer to have him. That's why I would say Toronto to trade for him, just so the Lightning don't, don't get him. Um, who I don't even know if I was doing staying or going. Demko Demko is a fascinating one. I w- I would lean on the side of try to trade him. Yeah, like I. Like in October, I would have said he's your number one guy. What are you talking about? But two, three years down the happened, line, like, yeah, you, you you're rebuilding, so start from scratch. I like Connor Garland, trade him. You don't yeah. need him. Yeah, makes too much money again. I feel like that's kind of it. Like Tanner uh, Tanner Pearson's hurt. Eli McKayev's hurt. Mc- Myers, yeah. If you, you probably, I feel like you might have to retain on Tyler Myers for a team like. Tampa or Toronto right. or the Boston. Bo- yeah, Boston, Carolina. One of those teams would take a guy like that. Right. Um, those Leafs and Austin Matthews, who is now out for the next three weeks with a knee sprain. I'm just, I- I'm sure everyone is, I don't know if anyone's done the math here. This is 
if concern one to ten, I'm uh, it's a one, probably a zero. The three weeks that he's missing are the All Star break, right? Which they're off for a week anyway. Uh, I don't know if they have a bye week. If they don't, the team I looked at their schedule. They're playing like Chicago, Columbus, right? All of those bottom feeders. Yeah. He can afford to miss three weeks, especially right. because unless this happened, just happened to happen, then sure, that's maybe a little more concerning. It's probably a nagging thing that he probably aggravated. Right. So now you give him three weeks off, and this is awesome. Matthews won the heart last year. He doesn't need to go out and score 60 goals this year. He His focus is on the playoffs. Except for maybe tonight's game, which I'm taping. So I did watch the last Boston-Toronto game, which was probably the best hockey game I've seen this year. The Saturday night game yeah. in Boston? Yeah. That was a pretty good so game. So I taped uh, to, just to see. It's the first and third best teams in the NHL playing each other. And Boston's 11 points ahead of Toronto. I think that this might be one of those everybody's checking their flights kind of game. Remember that Philly-Toronto game that was yeah. like early in the day yeah. and like no one cared about playing? Yeah. I'm worried it might be one of those kind okay. of games. But also then it might not be a throwaway because it's Boston-Toronto. Yeah, like the, you know, these teams might be trying to set the tone because they they're going to have to play each other. <laughs> uh, Cole Caulfield said that he would still be playing right now if Montreal was in contention for a playoff spot. I don't know what's what's the point of saying that. We're tanking. Yeah, like that it's was like kind a, of an admission. Yeah. And okay, so then you were just gonna let your shoulder like let it get worse, or maybe it couldn't get worse. I yeah, guess. maybe that's the case. That's just a weird I, and because it is basically the statement should have been yeah I guess we're just like tanking. Yeah, it sounds that sounds like what he said. Uh, the Trevor Zegers, Troy Stetcher thing. I don't know if you saw anything about this. No. So on the weekend they were in, they were in a scrum. They were kind of going back and forth and Zegers said something that like Troy Stetcher like physically reacted to, like went after him even more. Like they were separated and he said something. So a lot of people took the clip and put it on Twitter and tried to read lips. Right. And one of one of the interpretations was that Troy Stetcher said that either like your family's watching or your dad is watching, which gets another layer deeper because Troy Stetcher's father passed away in 2020. Oh, so then a lot of people turned to Zegris. And so there was no comment from Zegris, no comment from Stetcher. The only thing that came out was apparently he said something very inappropriate, but wasn't anything about his dad. Oh, so there was nothing further than that, but I wonder if they're just trying to cover up for Zegris. You think like in this day and age, these players would know better. Like there's there's cameras everywhere and microphones sometimes where they shouldn't be. Like you're always nervous sometimes <laughs> when they have that live mic on, right? Like, that Nick Felino uh, one was awesome. Nick Felino skating by, like I should have just punched his face in and yeah. threw a swear word in there. <laughs> this is just one of the, like it turned into such a visceral reaction to then the Coyotes saying, yeah, no, he didn't. It was confirmed through the Coyotes and another reporter that he didn't say anything about his dad. I th- I think the the issue here was they had to f- they felt like they had to do something because why else would we be talking about a Ducks and a Coyotes game? <laughs> besides besides for Connor trying Bedard, to losing for Connor Bedard, who yeah. doesn't he doesn't look at the standings right? He would never. That would be that would be ridiculous. Um, we had a, we had an e bug in Edmonton. Uh, Ew. Matt, 
Matt Berlin, who is the third string goalie for the University of Alberta. Right. Uh, no, got, I did see that. Got a call on Saturday and was like, we need a backup goalie because right. Stuart, Stuart Skinner got hurt. I'm, see that three times I'm fast. struggling with some names today. Yeah. Um, Stuart Skinner was sick, so he couldn't be the backup to Jack Campbell. And with like a couple minutes left in the game, they just put him in the game. Right. Jack Campbell didn't get hurt or anything. Right. That was pretty neat. They just wanted to give him that cool moment. Yeah. And I loved that everyone, because it was against Chicago in a game that was over, and everyone right. had to say, you know, no disrespect to Chicago. Right. We didn't do this to show them up, which I believe. I don't think. No, no. Putting for a, sure. You just want to get a guy. You're, it, you're trying to give a kid the moment of his life. He was like doing homework. Like he said, he was studying yeah. for a test and got the psychology. a psychology. Yeah. <laughs> and then is playing in an NHL game. And made a save. I did. A blocker save. A really nice blocker save, too. Yeah. He, he took that moment as oh, like, yeah. I'm going to show my Wait grandkids. Wait till I tell this. my grandkids. Yeah. It was 30 seconds left in the game, made this amazing blocker save, and we beat the top team Blackhawks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One version of the Blackhawks, at least. Uh, the Boston Bruins, three straight losses going into the All-Star. Oh, I guess maybe they, they well, might win depends. tonight. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Four straight tonight. losses. Oh, boy. Panic Almost time. Double double their loss total for the year. I, was, I didn't see their record, but they have they have 81 points right yeah, now. Six, I think six losses and five overtime losses is the last thing I'd seen. But Terrible. that's pretty incredible. I'm I'm officially on concern for the 97 Red Wings or 98 Red yeah, Wings. Yeah, they're on pace to, to beat that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, again, in a league that's so equal compared yep. to what it was back then and even more so back in the 70s that they even have a shot at that. I watched um, the Ottawa Ottawa Leafs game last week. Okay. Um, I mean, it was just – it was one of those, like – it was hockey – it was weird. It was hockey night in Canada. It was almost like the, the Sunday night football player of the game on a Saturday – they did hockey night in Canada on the Friday, right? And it was Leafs Senators and yeah, the Senators. The Leafs, the Leafs couldn't play on a Saturday for some reason because the Raptors were in a seven-game road trip out west. So like, there Maybe must have been a big concert yeah, going on or something. But yeah, the Senators just weird walked them up and down the ice. I think it was six-two. Right. It was a not a, not a great game for the Leafs. Um, last night, I found myself just scrolling through channels and found Carolina Los Angeles. Yeah, and it was four three, and right as I turned it, Tevu Teravine and scored and tied the game, and I'm like, oh, nice. I'm just gonna watch the end of this game, and Carolina won, and then I saw the highlights of, oh yeah, the Kings were up three nothing, or right. they were up and three goals, four one, three nothing and four one. Yep, and they because they had scored three goals in like a couple minutes or yes, something a like minute that. Thirty eight, I think it was. I just saw the highlights for it, so that's why. And I, I was watching a bit of that game too. So, and then Carolina came back in those great. I guess we call them throwback jerseys, even though they're from they're, like the two thousands. old. Yeah, the throwback would be if it was a Hartford jersey. Yes, they do that wear would, those sometimes. Yeah, not enough. Not no. not as much as like the Minnesota Wild, who shouldn't even be wearing them anyway. It should be the Dallas Stars wearing them, but that's a story for another day. Yeah, the Minnesota and Stars and Dallas. There's a weird. Carolina has come back, I'm going to say, at least five times where they've been down by multiple goals and come back and won this year. Like, I want them to be my team, but I'm I'm still not on board. I just, they've, they've hurt me so much. I feel like a Leaf fan when I'm trying to cheer for Carolina. I just, unless they make one other trade, now they can. With Pacioretty's right? contract, they have a move to make. Now, yeah, now they can go out and get an, a Bull Horvat kind of guy from somebody. 
that's what I was when I was watching that game. I was just thinking, what what do you need? What do they I know, need? Not much, really. You're right because they're all even. Like the like those like one through four lines are pretty even, right? Their defense are strong. Yeah, I was if I was to pick anything, it would be a defenseman. I think you could just bolster that defense because right. I was looking like Natchez. He's been amazing this year yeah. for Carolina. He's their second yeah. line center now. Like uh, I, Jarvis is probably having a sophomore slump because yep. he did score the other night, but that's the first time I'd seen him score in I don't know how long. But like this whole group right. of like Aho, Svechnikov, yep. Taravine, and Jordan Stahl, yep. like it's all they're guys. All you're like, oh, oh that's yeah, just all a good. great team. Yeah, and but they lost. Nita Ryder. Yeah. And, and they lost Trocek, which are top guys. And they swapped. And Pacioretty they lost. Yeah. Well, they only had him for a short time. But. Yeah, they swapped Burns for D'Angelo, which, like, that's probably about even. even yeah, because D'Angelo's been awesome for the Flyers. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to lie. He's been their best player this year. I'm surprised he didn't go to the All-Star game over Hayes. Hayes, yeah. Because people don't want to watch defensemen. I think it was. I think that was last week. Darlene said that no one wants to watch defensemen, That's but fair. like these defensemen are fun, and it's also maybe like the NHL maybe doesn't want D'Angelo fair to to yeah. publicized him and right. him and Provorov now. Yeah, they can both be two of them in the in the shadows two together. In the pod. Uh, John Tavares played his one thousandth NHL game. Wow, I'm getting old. Two uh, two points in the game, and the Leafs did a little. I don't know if they showed that in the highlights. The little prank they pulled on them that they because they have like a belt, like a wrestling belt oh, that they give the, the player of the game. Oh, okay, and they gave it to Giordano oh. on Tavares's night, and then he went over and he's like, "No, it's for you, Johnny." Like I was about to say, "Happy birthday." <laughs> Gave it to Tavares, and he took a picture with it, and they showed his face when they like were pranking him, and right. it didn't seem like he cared. He's having a good year. Very sneakily, like, yeah. Yeah, like the, I don't think he's getting talked about enough. He got he got talked about more the last two years when he wasn't having a good year. No, I think cause especially because the expectations. I think people have just decided like we're not going to talk about the Leafs until it's the playoffs, until the second round. Yeah, like Nylander. Nylander has been incredible this Ab- year. Absolutely, yeah. Super. Uh, yeah, I would. And Marner has been as good as he always has. Yep. Matthews has been a step down. And Tavares and Nylander have been the top two players. And looking Riley scores his first goal in over a year. Yeah. So like that usually only happens to teams that are bad. Yeah. And like a like the Duncan Keith type of defenseman. Yeah. I I think it's do they have they done enough to earn? Because remember a few years or it was Edmonton that like you know we haven't done enough to make that big trade. Right. Like if you're Toronto, do you make that? Timo Meyer trade, right? Do you? I don't know. I I heard other people saying get another center, but I don't really think the Leafs need yeah. that. You need someone in that second end. line left wing spot or back end. Yeah, get Tyler Myers. Because then I heard because I think the team also besides Vancouver, if you're gonna go knock on a team's door, go to right. St. Louis. They've lost yeah, like five straight. They're they're, look, they're ready to trade. Yeah, Barbashev. I think that's a really Tarasenko, sneaky guy you could pick up. Yeah, O'Reilly. Like there's. Shen, I bet you those guys are all available. Because who are the – there are maybe three guys he would keep on yeah. that team. Robbie right. Thomas, Jordan Cairo, and Pareko. Pareko. Yeah, those are untouchables. Everyone else. Tori Krug, yep. Justin Fall. Yeah. They've got some, like, yep. good pieces. Absolutely. That would fit in to win a Stanley Cup on the Carolinas. And that's the battle oh. now, right? Carolina. Boston. Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto. Those four teams are just sharks circling those players have i have we talked about the patrick kane how he's 
I don't want to say definitely, but he, if he gets traded, he's probably going to be a Ranger. No. Because I think if you're the Rangers, you give up one of Kako, Lafreniere, or uh, yeah, to go Kraftsov. But again, they're going to have to retain salary. Chicago. Yeah. But you he, can't in the last year. And then someone said, I, never th- I hadn't thought of it this way. If the Rangers get Patrick Kane, Kane gets to reunite with Artemi Panarin. Right. And they only got to play together for a couple of years. That was right. a pretty lethal, lethal duo. Yeah, for sure. Um, Jordan Bennington, who just, I think, is he the most hated player in player in hockey at this point? Most hated goalie. Anyway. Easily. He's the next, he's the needed, the latest and greatest run Hextall of <laughs> goalies. Like, is he, does he bother you more or less than Brad Marchand? More. More. Same. Mar- yeah. Marchand hasn't been that bad because they're winning. There's Who's he got to annoy? <laughs> I don't have to annoy anyone. We're, we're killing teams. Yeah, he does it on Twitter. He, he goes after people on there Twitter sometimes. That's where he gets his anger out. But Bennington is just like, they played uh, Colorado the other day. And right. he got s- snow showered. Or no, he got yep. poked at. Right. And then he just started going after the Avs player. Yeah. And they had to k- take him off the ice. He yep. almost fought the other goalie. Well, the goalie, yeah. The goalie wanted Gorky, to come down. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, but he couldn't. The ref said, nope, get back in your net. You can't come down here. He's just like an embarrassment. Like, this guy, this is someone who goaltended a team to the Stanley Cup final yep. four years ago and yep. looked like the next big thing. And now, I mean, the best clip of this year, I don't care what amazing goal someone scores, is Jordan Stahl hitting him. Because Bennington tried to hit him, but then here's this Mack truck named Jordan Stahl who right. ran him over. Right. He did that dirty play on Zucker earlier this year. Like, yeah. he is just the worst. He got pulled in that game against Pittsburgh and was chirping at the Penguins' bench. Yeah. It's like, what do you? What could you possibly be saying in this argument? Ha <laughs> You guys only, you only got four goals, and I'm getting take, taken out of this game. I think he's the reason. I think he's just the problem in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely part of the problem there for sure. Because it's a team that you look at and you're like, why, why aren't, aren't you better? Why yeah. aren't you in a playoff spot yeah. or just knocking on the door of a playoff spot? Yeah, they're I, like ten points back. I'm surprised. Like they have the, I think they have the same number of points as the Flyers. Like I was looking at the standings. I think yesterday it was like, what? They're not that bad. The Flyers have two more points. Oh, jeez, <laughs> one less chance of Bedard. It's gonna be the Blues get them. Uh. The NHL released their TV ratings, and apparently from the same time last year in the U.S., it's down 22%. Ouch. So, uh, I mean, hockey just isn't the most popular sport. It never will be. No. Right? It'll be more of like, is it the fifth most popular sport? The well, sixth? Well, be definitely between September and January, and that's why the major networks don't pick up games. Like, I, I know they're down, but let's take a look at the ratings in March. When there's nothing else on other than hockey, yeah, and March fair. Madness, that's maybe, it. yeah. Then maybe then even like April, like playoff hockey, that's sure, more but, people would be inclined to watch it then. But then you have basketball playoffs too. But yeah, sure, fair enough. Those are the only two sports at that point, right? Then you got baseball just kind of starting. But I'd like I'd like to see what the the ratings are when the ABCs and the NBCs and ESPNs when they all have this. It's the same thing, right? All the major networks, they don't start in October. None of them ever did. Fox, when they had it, I don't remember them. It was always January. They would start playing, showing hockey on the major network. So Yeah, once football's out of the way. I'm not really going to agree with the TV rating thing. (laughs) 
Um, how about Carlo Koliakovo's reason reasoning? He has, he wrote down a few reasons of why he thinks the ratings are down. Okay. Lack of rivalries. Okay. Especially, I yep. just think of like Calgary and Edmonton. Yep. Don't play again this year. Right. They played three, three times, times and that's and it. That's it. Yeah. That's just they should be playing. They should be playing like the COVID year. They should be playing eight to ten times. Well, if you're Gary Bettman. He's got an easy answer for that. That's why we have the playoff format we have. So we have the same teams playing each other every year. Why isn't there no rivalries? <laughs> um, also, lack of storylines with teams. Well, we just talked for the last 30 minutes on stuff that just happened this week. Yeah, that's true. Um, not an, uh, A lot of buzz around maybe trades, but also it's almost the deadline. Well, this, this is when get things get talked about. We have the next generational player coming up, and everyone's watching junior hockey right now. Maybe they're on TV why. tonight. Yes, they're sold. It. Uh, Calgary Hitman sold out nineteen thousand people, which yesterday Portland broke the re- or right. whoever Regina played broke played, the record yeah, yeah. for most fans, and Calgary's going to break, break it the that. next night. Right. Yeah. Uh, poor marketing of stars. I think that's the biggest one. Yeah. I think hockey doesn't like. If you ask someone that doesn't watch the sport, right. can you name a player? Yeah. Maybe, Other than Connor McDavid. Yeah, I would say even that's he hasn't had enough. I would say we're still in the Crosby Ovechkin would be the first answer. Right. But like obviously if you're in Toronto, people would probably know Austin Matthews. But locally, I'm sure the game is fine, but nationally, like in Toronto, like they don't talk about Jason Robertson or right. Trevor Zegras. Even though Zegras is one that like Kind of like he's still developing. I think a lot of people think Trevor Zegras is what Jack Hughes is. Like Jack Hughes is having an incredible year. Right. Trevor Zegras isn't there yet. Right. Uh, and then he wrote the stupid playoff format. Like who likes it? Have you have you talked to anybody other than Gary Bettman who will say they like the playoff? That would be a question I'd like to hear the hockey players say. If they like, like the format, yeah, I'd like to hear someone say. So, do you, you do you like this better than the divisional or one to eight or like every other professional league has? Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I'm sure a lot of them would just say, "Yeah, you know, it's the format that we have." Like that would probably be their answer. Toe the line. Yeah. It just yeah, no no controversy. The it it is just a simple fix. Of it just, is of just one to eight. Yes, the conference format worked yes. for so long. I understand you want rivalries, but how it's much? It's not happening. No, and how much better is it if those rivalries just happen naturally? Right. Like if we go to the one to eight format, and Toronto ends up as the three seed, Tampa Bay's the six seed, and it's a matchup that no, like they're going to play each other anyway. But it's by luck. It's not by because they're in the same division, and no one else is close to them. Like we've known since what November, maybe late October, that it was going to be Tampa Toronto. How many years have we said that? With well, the Eastern we, Conference last year, the entire playoffs were set except like, oh, maybe the Islanders can catch up, and they've finished and like they never did. five points back or yeah. something. Like, so it's no surprise. Yeah, like again, I, if you ask Gary Bettman why did they go to that format, I'm assuming he's going to say or has said it's for rivals. Yeah, I, rivalries. Think, I think so to create more rivalries. I guess it hasn't worked. No. Which leads us into our standings. Well, standings check. Uh, in the Atlantic, Boston is going to finish with anywhere from 81 to 83 points going into the break, depending on what happens tonight against the Leafs. Yeah, that's fair. But, like, let's say let's just say they win. 
They're at 83 points. Right, already. That's like a team at the end of the season will get 83, 83 points, points and go yeah. like, ah, we, we almost made, just the made the playoffs. Yep. Uh, Toronto's in second anywhere from 70 to 72 points, right. depending on tonight. A team that's just like, like Ilya Samsonov lost his first game at home in regulation against Ottawa in a game where like Matt Murray was supposed to start. Right. And then he got hurt. But was still sitting on the bench. Was still the backup of the, in that game. Right. Like Samsonov, is is should be the Leaf starter in the playoffs. Right. And I think it's funny enough that it's a team that like we haven't really talked about them that much. No. Because we're just waiting for the playoffs. Yeah. That's where we are with this team. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If you're talking Toronto specifically. Oh no. Yeah. The rest of the teams, we still got some some sort of fight. And then Tampa Bay in third, sixty five points. They've won twelve straight home games. It is the Toronto is the quiet team. Tampa is the quiet juggernaut of like who once you get to the playoffs, are you really picking against Tampa? That's the thing. I'm just I'm thinking about this now, like round two, Boston, Tampa. Am I really picking Boston? They're that good. And and Tampa's that good in the playoffs. And I agree. And yeah, if you were just going to tell me here are the three teams, I say, yeah, well, Toronto should beat Tampa Bay. They're the better team. Yes. They should. They should. Like but if they haven't. Like if if I tell you, okay, Carolina is on the other side. They're in the conference final. Boston and Tampa are playing in round two right now. Right. Who is playing Carolina in the conference finals? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's the fun. It's the the best part of the Eastern Conference is like what could happen. Right. Could the Leafs end up in the conference finals? Absolutely. Yes. Will they? Probably not. And round two, maybe. And, and does that help Carolina because they get an easier path? They get to play a wild card team, <laughs> and then they get to play teams in their own division, which is not as strong of a division, right? Which is the Metropolitan. Again, another silly name. I could, I get it. If it's the only league, at least we can still talk about divisions. Yes, they still matter. They still matter. That's about the only thing I can say that this. That, but even the divisions have silly names. Like at least have like what happened to the, the pandemic uh, the sponsored names. Yeah, I can fun. see why they'd want to keep the divisions. But the other than Scotia that, Bank Atlantic Division. That's right. The best was the Carolina, Tampa Bay, Florida. I don't know what division that was called. Dallas. Um, the Red Wings were in that division. Yeah, they were. That was a tough division. That was fun. I that was only- a great. I watched a lot of hockey during the pandemic. Now that you think about it, <laughs> yeah, you watched more in the twenty one season, and I watched like the bubble. I don't think I missed a minute of that hockey. Right. Actually, you probably did too. Um, I'm trying to think. The only sponsors I could think of was Scotiabank because that was the North Division, and Honda was the West Division. Okay. So it must have been like the South or something like that. Right. Must have just been yeah. directional. Um. So the met, met also I will never say metropolitan division. It's right. the metro. Yes. I'm not saying metropolitan NHL. Uh Carolina they also play tonight. They're going to finish with anywhere from 74 to 76 points going into cuz it's not really like the halfway point, but it is the break. Yeah. Um the unofficial. Yeah. Half point. They have they have a move to make, but it depends what they how creative do you want to get with that move? Yeah. I'm just curious how much they must have lots of money to spend. I don't think they're up against the cap either, mm. especially with Pat's already out yeah. now. So there's what six million at least right there that you probably have to get a player that has right. That's a, a 12 million dollar player at this point you can get for six million because that's all that's left in the contract. 
you know who that weirdly sounds like? And oh, I don't know boy. if this makes sense. Because I said Tampa was going to get this guy before, but I kind of sounds like an Eric Carlson team. Uh, it, wow. <laughs> yeah. I like that reaction. Though. Yeah. Uh, New Jersey, 68 points. They've not, they haven't fallen off a cliff, but they have a they, move. They have to make a move. Yeah, they've definitely, well, they lost Palat for how long? The year or mo- he's coming back soon, I would I think assuming, he's coming right? back, but. Because they've been, yeah, they were red hot at the beginning. And then they, they I don't, yeah, I don't want to say they petered out, but they've just kind of, they're back to reality a little bit. Like they're not as good as October and November. No, like I was probably a little ridiculous to say, could they make, miss the playoffs? They're probably not going to miss no, the playoffs. No, not with the way they started. For sure. They won't just because of that. Could they lose home ice advantage because yes. New York Rangers, 62 points. I could see them passing them. They're I, figuring it out. I want I want that series so badly now. I know we made fun of the format, but like at least if we have this dumb format, at least Rangers Devils, that's a fun series. Right. Or Rangers Islanders. Yeah. A couple of New York teams. There's three in the division for God's sakes. <laughs> Let two of them play each other. Uh to the wild card, Washington sixty points. We know that they're not gonna tank or anything. Like, are they gonna make a move? Yeah, like there's like the Washingtons and the Pittsburghs are like they're I don't know they're to me they're in the same boat they're like old haggard teams that like have no room to to make a move to get any better. Man, Pittsburgh they're has fifty seven points, just good enough to make the playoffs or like to be a wild card, and that's it. Yeah, that is true. Like right? Washington and Pittsburgh are going to have to play Boston, Carolina. Yeah, like and that's a tough task. How many games combined do they win? Like one, well, one game combined. It's playoffs. You never know. Two games combined. Like if if anyone's going to falter, I'd say it's Carolina. I just don't think either of those teams are the ones to do it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Buffalo plays Carolina tonight. They're they could be in a playoff spot. If they beat Carolina tonight, okay. they'll pass Pittsburgh. I like Buffalo. I'd rather see Buffalo in there than Pittsburgh. Buffalo-Carolina first round is That'd fun. That'd be exciting. Yeah. That's a five-game series. Exactly. I would say it might be a sweep, but at least it'd be good hockey, though. Gentlemen's sweep. Be fun. Yes. Buffalo win, like, game three or game four. Uh, Islanders, again, this is, I bet them, plus 200 to make the playoffs. 55 points. So, Right now, point back of Buffalo, a couple they, points back. But they made a, just made a move. They're, they, they're better than, in my mind now, Washington, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo with the move they just made. So those other three teams, I think, are going to have to make a move because of that move. Yeah. Uh, Florida, point behind the Islanders, 54 points. They're, they're lurking. I would say just they're lurking. I'm intrigued by what Florida could do, could except, be. Except their associate coach got drunk last night. Uh, he's uh, New Jersey now. Oh, he did it in right. Florida. Oh, that's what happened. That's yeah, I thought he was home. That might be worse. Yeah. Uh, Ottawa and Philadelphia both have 51 points. I mean, Philly, we just we know they're not. They don't want to make the playoffs. No. Ottawa, they should make a move. Yeah, like Ottawa's an up and coming team. They should be way better than the Flyers. They should be Buffalo. Yeah, they should. Yeah, for sure. They're they, to, in my mind, they've been a, a disappointment this year. Uh, third last place in the Eastern Conference, the Detroit Red Wings, who are going to keep faltering. No? No. Nope. Oh, I don't believe that? Okay. I don't think. Like, they're not trading anyone. Who are they going to trade? Yeah, no. They're, 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 they don't have anyone to trade. They, they're not Lark. rebuilding. I, Larkin, if they can't figure something out, they might trade him. That would be bold. If Eisenman decides to trade him, then maybe they're going to go after a Bo Horvat or something in the offseason. Yeah. 
I just he wants like nine and a half million, and I don't think Eisman wants to give that to him. I don't know. Isn't he like gonna be your franchise player? Like who else is who building your team around then? Cider and not Raymond, but Cider. Yeah, Cider. I don't know. Wow. I just don't know if Larkin is a franchise guy, and that's someone who. Well, I, he's not asking for franchise money. No, nine not, and a half is not franchise money. But don't you want to keep your? He's your captain. Yeah, he is. You don't sound very. No, because I just don't think we're I, not going to pick a side here because we're both on the same side. No, he just he's not. I don't think he's a franchise player. But also, I guess you're okay. right. He isn't asking. Like, if they get him for nine or like eight and a half, be okay with that. Okay. Nine and a half though just seems like too much. Because right. then we put him. Then he's going to end up in that like. Out is he a top twenty center, top fifteen center? Yeah, is he as good as Tage Thompson? Tage Thompson, yeah, he got seven million, and now right. that's a bargain. Yeah, and we were like questioning it. Uh, Montreal forty four points. They've just made it clear they're. I don't even know yeah. if it's tanking. They're just bad. I was just gonna say, yeah, they don't have to tank. They're they're just not a good hockey team. And just keep wearing the reverse retro jerseys. Correct. You just can't win in them. That's right. Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> And the blues. then last place, the most embarrassing team in the NHL, I don't care what anyone tells me, the Columbus Blue Jackets. That is a team that got Johnny Goudreau yeah. and got worse. worse. Yeah, and they re-signed Patrick Laine. And got worse. And they and they also have, who's the other guy they got from Winnipeg? Uh, Jack, Jack Roslovic. He, he's supposed to be good too, right? Like, there's three players. Right? Yeah, another disappointing team in my mind. I thought they would at least battle for a playoff spot. Not even close. No. Uh, to the Western Conference, Dallas, 66 points. Winnipeg, 65 points. Feels like a, a fun little dogfight for first. I can't believe that's first. Like, there's, those are a couple teams that have just, again, in my mind, they haven't played well. No. Right? Uh, Winnipeg has been better. I just watched them against the Flyers. They look terrible. They did. Rick Bonus has gotten for so nothing. mad. They're not, yeah. They just, uh, to me, it's like, they should be good, but they're not do you know what actually the battle for first place in the central is no it's the battle to not play colorado okay because well minnesota is currently in that spot at 58 points colorado has 57 right and, and they again another team that hasn't played well and just a lot of injuries yeah yeah for sure that's contributed to that for sure but they just haven't played well um on the other side seattle la both have 63 points and they're both those teams have overachieved in my mind. Um, Seattle, for sure. L.A., yeah. I would fight back a bit. That they looked good last year, and I just think they've gotten they've better. They've gotten better, for sure. Without goaltending? Yeah. So that it's might be It's just a surprise, in my mind. Yeah. And then Vegas has 62 points. Can we get first round Seattle-Vegas? I think so, yeah. I want Battle that. of the expansion teams. That'd be, such a, that'd be a good thing for the NHL to have that yeah. series. Yeah. Throw Sean McDonough and Ray Ferraro in that series, and... That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, then in the wild card, Edmonton 60 points and Colorado 57. And I think we can all kind of assume Colorado probably isn't going to be in the wild card. I wouldn't think so as long as they can get their guys back from injury. I'm now like, do they do they catch second place in their division? And do they make a trade? Yeah, they do probably they have a, a move Bo to Horvat make. trade, right? It's Every- the only trade we can talk about. Everyone so. gets Bo Horvat. Yeah. I don't know who, like, again, if you look at Colorado, what do you need? Yeah. Health? 
Yes, that would be key. A doctor. <laughs> like a defense? Like, do they need a defenseman? I don't think so. Not do you really. need a forward? Like Not a bottom really. six guy? A goalie? Like a Connor Garland, but he makes too much money? Yeah, Vancouver's going to have to retain. Yeah, to get rid of him. Uh, and then chasing them, Calgary, who's actually tied at 57 points. Another, uh, like, the West is definitely by far more underachieving than the East. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. Like, what you could went into, they've underachieved Calgary. Yeah. Same with Nashville, 54 points. I thought they were a Stanley Cup contender. I picked Not them, just a playoff team. I picked them to win the division there at the go. beginning of the year. I was, we also said Boston wasn't going to make the playoffs. So yeah. I know. We're way off. We're very dumb. Uh, St. Louis, 49 points underachieving again i feel like i was just right Van- vancouver 43 Under, points under, for sure underachieving i think the end of this conference is not underachieving it's just bad bad yeah just label as bedard bad san jose 41 points yeah best of but, the bad yeah yeah arizona 38 points anaheim 37 chicago 34 yeah unless arizona could play toronto 80 games a year then they might make the playoffs that's true uh, I, at this point, like, I don't even, no, I don't care where Bedard goes. I'm just looking at these teams. I'm like, you're all so bad. Like you just don't deserve it. Yeah. Like it should be one of those, like if, I mean, that's where you're, you're the only thing you can be thankful for, for Gary Bettman, at least it's a draft lottery. So the worst team's not going to necessarily get them. Yeah. Like right? the New Jersey devils, if they're in the draft lottery, they're going to get Bedard. <laughs> like at this point. The two most deserving teams, and this is going to sound like one of the most biased things I've ever said, but Detroit or Philly, because they're just like, neither of them are tanking. Detroit's just not playing well, and right. Philly just doesn't have a good team. Right, but they're coached well, so they figure out a way to be in games. Uh, John Tortorella just hates Connor Bedard. <laughs> I can't wait for that first practice. That's honestly like Detroit. Obviously, if they got Bedard. I would never put that out there that I wouldn't want him. But right. if he's not going to Detroit, I want him in Philly for you to be able to watch Connor Bedard and for John Tortorella to coach Connor Bedard. Right. Then he does like one Michigan in practice and yeah. he goes, get off the ice. Yeah, Help exactly. me scratch. Yeah. No iPads. No iPads. <laughs> <laughs> and they were winning when they didn't have those on the bench. Ah, <laughs> oh, Grandpa. Um uh, that is it for the NHL. Let's quickly do the MLB where Fernando Tatis Jr. almost almost fully healthy because everyone forgets that he got in a motorcycle accident. Right. He, and I think he forgot to mention it to his team. And then he has 20 games left in his suspension. Wow. Still, just he's, he's there. Uh, the New York Mets, who just have billions and millions and trillions of dollars to yep. spend, Resign Jeff McNeil to a four-year, $50 million deal. That's a pretty good deal considering he's the batting champion. That, I don't know. I think that's a good move. I thought I, I read that. I'm like, that's just a good that's just a good move. Yeah. Good move by the Mets. Yeah. I'm not going to pick them to win the World Series. Right. but We can't. They're our enemy. That's true. That's a rivalry team. Not as, not as much as Boston. No. Boston Mets World Series. I will, I will get a Mets hat if that happens. Yes. Yes, I would cheer for the Mets over Boston. Go Mets. Um... Uh, Von Grisham, who is the shortstop for the Braves, is now they're going to be their starting shortstop. And this is what he said. He said, I'm not trying to fill nobody's shoes. So uh, we're going to do a little English lesson there for a second. Not right. to be mean to Von, but just to double negative. So by him saying that means that he's trying to fill somebody's shoes. Right. So if he said, I'm, I'm not trying to fill anybody's shoes or 
I'm trying to fill nobody's shoes, right? Then then you're good. You're not trying to fill anybody's shoes. But uh, I guess Von Grisham, the ghost of Dansby Swanson, is just lurking over him. <laughs> is he related to any of the other Grishams that have played Major League Baseball? I don't know. Okay, I just. Because there's been a few of them that have played, and I don't. Oh wait, isn't it like Grisham, like A M? I think is how they spell it. Oh, okay, gotcha. So different spelling. So not related. No, that's what you're telling me. Uh, Zach Greinke going back to Kansas City. Yeah, I don't want to win. Just give me some money, and I'll be your number one pitcher. (laughs) He really is the number one pitcher. (laughs) It's just sad, and he's not going to get traded. No, he just wants to be a royal. Yeah, I'll just yeah, I love it here, and let me play here, and we'll win 47 games this year. I'll win 12 of them. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Dexter Fowler retires after 14 years in the yeah, majors. That's sad. It's a guy that felt like he still he still had something left. Yeah, like how old is he? 35. That I was gonna say 34. So yeah, I guess because I guess speed was a bit of his game, right? He was an outfielder. World so. Series champion, right? Yep. 2016. Yep. yep. The Cubbers, Cubbies. Uh, he played in the 2008 Summer Olympics. 36. Okay. I just thought that was a cool. That was a cool fact. Played for Colorado, Houston, Chicago, St. Louis, and the Angels. I didn't know that. I did not know. Yeah, the Rockies, the Astros, nope. or the Angels. Nope, no idea. Didn't know that. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought he played. Oh, no, I'm thinking Jason Hayward. I was going to say the Braves, but that was Jason Hayward, it, who it, I think. They're the same player. In yeah. my mind, they play the same position. They hit the same style. Yeah, I, I always got them mixed up. Is he retired, too? He Probably. Come on, we got to retire together. We're the same player. Yeah, they really are. Um, he was on the Cubs. Now I'm trying to. I'm delaying just so I want to see if he did actually retire because I know he wasn't playing. But yeah, I haven't seen him play in he went from in a while. Twenty twenty. Because they were both on the Cubs at one time. Then I think he went to the Cardinals. Uh, other. Oh, the they, other they they around. went the other way around. Where. Fowler went from the Cubs to the Cardinals, okay. and Hayward went from the Cardinals to the Cubs. Okay. Uh, on December eighth, twenty twenty two, Jason Hayward signed a minor league contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, okay. So he's gonna king in there. Yeah, give it another go. Yep. Uh, Chad Green, former Yankee pitcher, did yes. not know he was a free agent. Yes, I did know that. Uh, signed a two year, eight point five million dollar deal with the Blue Jays. Pretty reasonable price. Especially when I tried to write this down, but it is very confusing. Um, so this is a creative contract. Yes, because he's he's got Tommy John. Had it last so year. Not, yeah, he won't be back till probably August. Um, so he gets Green gets two point two five million dollars in twenty twenty three, and then the Jays have an option from twenty twenty four to twenty twenty seven for $27 million over those three years with okay. up to $1 million in bonuses. Oh, wow. And then if they decline, then Green has the option. So it's kind of like a double option, I guess. Right. But I guess the Jays have priority. So if they decline the three-year option, Chad Green can uh, take an option. I'm saying option a lot. Uh, for... 2024 at 6.25 million with up to two million dollars in bonuses okay and then if i guess if they both decline or if if, oh maybe if green declines but they accept maybe they both have a co-option or something right uh the jays have 21 million dollars for a two-year option with up to one million dollars in bonuses 
So creative at uh, it's pretty creative. Yeah. If he can come back and be the Chad Greening was for five years with the Yankees because he was a stud. He was your our sixth man guy. He was sixth inning guy. So I was gonna say, and he was like an opener too. Closed yep. games. He did yep. a lot for yep. the Yankees for sure. Um, I didn't. I took the screenshot and then forgot about it. But uh, these are the top three NL shortstops in terms of home runs since 2019. So in third place, Dansby Swanson, who played 509 games in that span. Number two, Trey Turner, 80 home runs in 489 games. And number one, I brought him up earlier, but I forgot it was for this reason, Fernando Tatis Jr., Uh 81 home runs in 273 games. Wow. So, and not going to be a shortstop when he comes back. Right. That's Xander Bogart's spot. Fascinating to see what the what the Padres will do. Uh, to the NBA, where the starters, again, got named right after our last episode. So, in the Eastern Conference, there was just, there was only really one debate. And it was, there's four guys for three spots. And that's the forward spot in the Eastern Conference. They went with Giannis to seventh All-Star game. I don't know if that's low or high, but seven just didn't seem like the right number for Giannis. He's only probably played nine years. Yeah, yeah probably. Uh, Kevin Durant, who is making his 13th All-Star Game appearance. Jason Tatum, his fourth. Donovan Mitchell, his fourth, but his first time starting. And the guy that we just kind of, we just ignored what happened earlier this year, but Kyrie Irving. Oh. Eighth All-Star Game. Now he's one more All-Star Game than Giannis. That also doesn't seem right, but you know Kyrie Irving went through. So and then the big debate is just out of Giannis, Tatum, Durant, and Embiid, who deserved it? Who deserved the start between those three, Mm. or between those four? Who earned the three spots for those four guys? Right. Especially because after which I have it after, but Embiid um, had forty-seven against Denver. Like right. right after this had happened. So he is now like a lot of people are saying the MVP tide is turning in his direction and he might be the MVP, but also not start in the all-star game. That's kind of funny. He also did the, did you see the crotch chop that he did? Yes. And he got fined $25,000 for it. So, and beat a little mad at the NBA right now for yes. a few reasons. Yeah. Numerous reasons. Uh, in the West LeBron James, I think he, passes kobe bryant for his 19th all-star i'll say appearance but i'm pretty sure he started in every all-star game right that he's made uh Jokic is his fifth zion williamson starting that was to me the most surprising one it's his second luca it's his fourth and steph curry playing in his ninth all-star game right so again to me the only surprise is zion but also i don't really I don't have another option for you. I don't know who else I would have picked. Right. Unless you could put Embiid on that side. Right. And move Durant or move one of the Eastern guys to the West who actually deserve that spot a little more than Zion. Um, speaking of Steph, he got thrown out of a game the this past weekend for throwing his mouth guard. But he yeah. wasn't he wasn't mad at anybody else besides his own teammate Jordan Poole, right. who took a terrible shot, yeah. then ran down the court to play defense, threw his mouth guard, and got ejected. Then Jordan Poole went and hit the game winning shot, and then when he saw Curry in the tunnel, he pretend or he threw his mouth guard like at Curry. So I guess it's just all good. Water under the bridge. Yes. So then they mouth showed guard out of the mouth. 
because they showed the three times that Steph's been ejected from games, it's all been mouth guard related. Right. He did it in the finals where he threw his mouth guard, and I think there was another time he threw his mouth guard, and then this this time, which is weird for the only time you get ejected is mouth guard related for someone that doesn't even wear their mouth guard. I, I was going to say, he better be careful. What if it just slips out of his mouth? <laughs> he might right? get the ejected. Goes, You're out of here. But ref, I, I didn't even try. <laughs> um. I was going to talk about Embiid, but I already did that because it was only those two things. LeBron James, who is just we're on the slow trek for him to pass Kareem. Pat, he's pat like just you just mentioned it. You just passed Kobe, like he's passing people. You know what else? He, on everything. You know what else he passed? He passed in passing. There he's fourth all time now in assists, just past Steve Nash. There you go. See, it's just that's crazy. Where, yeah, and we're I, there. I think the only other like. The only other thing with LeBron was Saturday night against the Celtics, a game that I was so excited for and lived up to every expectation. It was such a good game. And there was some late late game stuff where, like, Patrick Beverly fire, uh, fouled Jalen Brown for no reason. But then, obviously, the big one is LeBron goes to the basket, very clearly gets fouled. And we couldn't do the NFL thing where they just call down and go, hey, uh, guys, that was a foul. So call, call the foul. Right. Or there was no... I don't think they challenged it, or maybe they couldn't challenge it. But uh, LeBron got fouled, and it didn't get called. And then uh, Patrick Beverly, who last week it was he did the Dame Time celebration, but his watch was broken, so it wasn't Dame Time. He grabbed a camera, I assume from one of the photographers on the sidelines, and it just felt like a comedic bit that he was doing. But he was showing the ref a picture of the foul, or like presumably was. (laughs) And then he got a technical foul, so the Lakers started overtime down by one because they got a technical, the Celtics got a technical shot. Wow. That's almost like the guy with his cell phone in his back pocket in the baseball. Oh game. yeah. Right. <laughs> Slid into he third. Should have up. Oh, I was safe. Well, he was safe in the plane. <laughs> he could have, if he was, yeah, if, out. He, if he was out. Yeah. Let's take a look at the replay. He should have used that. Yeah. Uh, and then they also, they beat the Knicks last night in overtime. The Lakers are, I mean, we'll get into it with the trade deadline thing, but they're in one of the more interesting spots, I'll say. Uh, players of the week, Damian Lillard, who had 60 the other night, but also averaged uh, 42 points and 7.7 assists over the week, wow. going 2-1. and one. And for the East, it was Giannis, who went 4-0, averaged 38 points, 12 rebounds, and 4 assists. Oh. Just uh, another week another for week. Another week another for Giannis. Another week for MVPs. Uh, OG Ananobi is probably the biggest talking point of the Raptors. They're on this big, long, big, long road trip and OG's hurt. He's right. Not playing the rest of the road trip. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's what they said. Yeah. Which is kind of weird that there was like yeah. three games left and they were like, yeah, he's just not playing again for the rest of the week. That sounds like a trade brewing. Yeah, that could be. Then the Suns and Knicks were the two teams originally interested, and then there was a video of Masai Ujiri talking to James Jones, the GM of the Suns. Right. Could be working out trade terms. But also, like, what what do you want from the Suns? That, like, they're not giving a significant piece back for Ananobi. I guess it's just draft picks. I heard Bridges. Whoa. Okay, if it's Bridges, yeah, make that trade. Yeah. Call that's it in. I, like, if that's, if that's the trade, you get someone that's – defensively equal about equal right maybe og is a better defender i will say that but but bridges is a better shooter 
Right. So both teams get something. If that's the trade, I guess you'd... I'm trying to think if you just do that one for one. I I think I would consider doing that. Yeah. If you get a draft pick out of it, that's even that's even better. You're right. Um, Luka Doncic uh, missed a game against the Jazz, came back and decided to uh, put up a 58.8 rebound, five assist game. Wow. Which actually kind of seems weird for Luka to not just have a triple-double. Yeah. What's wrong with him? Uh, he hit five threes and shot 71% from the field. That's scary it's one of those like not that he can turn it on and off but he can turn off the way turn on and off the way he plays right because majority of the time it's getting his teammates involved and he'll have like 35 and 12 assists yeah but this this night he was like i got this yeah i'm hot i feel hot (laughs) um i'm gonna be kobe yeah that's true that is a lot of the motivations uh so these trade deadline tiers so we've got four tiers and it's by stan pat sell and then you're somewhere in between right which i'm sure you could guess one of the teams that are in between because they are they are in flux yes a lot of a lot of question marks the teams that i put in for buy milwaukee milwaukee needs some shooting they need a little more spacing but if they don't do anything i don't think you should be too surprised because they didn't have chris middleton last year and almost made the conference finals i was going to say health health yeah yeah. right (laughs) trade for health yeah them in colorado yeah. Two, or I guess not the defending champions in the NBA, but champions in the NBA. Uh, I also put Philly. And again, I don't really know what Philly needs, but right. they just need they need like Mikhail Bridges or OG Ananobi. They need that type of guy. Right. Um, I also put Brooklyn. Again, Brooklyn's going to get Durant back, so maybe they'll be fine. Maybe that's their trade deadline move. Right. But they also just – I don't know why, but I like teams like this where – they don't really have like five guys you really trust. So Brooklyn really is just like, eh, let's just try you tonight or you and right. they just mix it up Figure a lot. Uh, Memphis. Memphis is another team like if you're going to trade OG and OB, Memphis would be a team that makes sense. They, again, they don't like have to make a move, but I think they need some sort of shakeup because right. they're a very good team, but they need something to get them to that next, the next level, level, that championship level team. Golden State, they have a lot of pieces, so they could go out and get a superstar, or they can just get solid, reliable players. Right. Like they were before they were a Siakam team, but I don't think they would give up enough for the Raptors to trade Siakam, and I don't think the Raptors should trade Siakam two years out of free agency. Dallas was already reported to they want to get a superstar next to Luka, which I don't know where they're getting that or what Dallas is trading, but they're buyers anyways. And then New Orleans, who were linked to Fred Van, Fred Van Vliet and to OG Ananobi. I don't think there's some big super trade coming out of that, but it's something to keep an eye on because the Pelicans have lost a lot of games. They're like eighth in the Eastern Conference now. Um, so they need something. Right. Help. Yeah. The, the Stan Pat teams, you don't need to do anything. Boston, like they again, they could do something, but I don't think they have to. Same with Cleveland, Atlanta, just because I don't know what Atlanta would do. They want to trade John Collins. They've been trying to trade him for like four years. <laughs> no one, they, and then today the report was like, oh, they want quality players instead of draft picks. If, if people aren't giving you draft picks, why are they going to give you quality players right. for a guy that you've been shopping for so long? Yeah. Um, Indiana, because 
you could make the play in if you're Indiana, yep. and that's just a because they're apparently in on OG too, even though they have so many guys that are just in that mold, right. in that like three and D could be a guard, could be a forward type of player. And they've fallen off quite a bit, right? They were like yeah. fourth for the longest time, and now they're nine hanging on. Yeah, they're a borderline playing play team. Um, Orlando, just because Orlando's not good, they're not making the play in unless they're playing the Celtics or the Sixers or any good team that yeah, they have they good <laughs> records against. But That is true. If you could sneak Orlando into the eight seed, that's a scary team to see. Uh Western Conference side, Denver. Again, like it's it's you're in that like Boston and Denver to me are the same team. They're also number one in their conferences where you don't need to make a move. You have an MVP candidate and a good supporting cast, but if some really good trade comes out there, then sure, take it. But right. um Sacramento, I think, is third in the West right now. And just, yeah, don't do anything. Don't do anything to mess with what's going on. Because right. that team is just, this is the best team you've had since 2003 or four. Right, yeah. So don't don't mess with anything. Minnesota, I just, I don't think they can do anything. They're probably a play-in team. Right. They want to trade D'Angelo Russell, I'm pretty sure. Like, it, it seems like that's something they would want to do, but it's not going to solve their problems. Um. OKC, I feel like they're in a. They might be in a playoff spot. I probably should have looked That's at that. That's an overachieving team. Yeah, they're they're having a great season. So don't do anything to mess with that. You don't need more draft picks. Right. As much you're, as Sam Presti wants them. But yeah, just get better now. Yeah, they're eleventh. They're a game back of the play-in. Just just keep playing how you play. If you make right. the play-in, awesome. Perfect. If not, yeah, no big deal. Whatever. You're gonna the, get better next year anyway. You have like three first-round picks plus. Your first-round pick from this last year hasn't even played yet, right? Chad Holmgren. So he'll be a rookie next year, even though he's been in the league for, for a, year. a year. It's the Ben. It's the Ben Simmons effect. Uh, and then Houston. Houston is just a young team. They're bad. You're gonna try to get the first overall pick. Try to get Connor Bedard. <laughs> I mean, Victor Wembanyama. I don't think is that far off from the Bedard type of hype. Right. That's a fun, fun two first overall picks we have this year. Uh, selling teams, Washington, they already traded Rui Hachimura, who has been, it's been just a, I was going to say match made in heaven, but the opposite, a match made in hell for them too. Uh, Bradley Beal just signed a big contract. You're probably not going to be able to trade him without taking back some kind of bad asset. Right. Like Kyle Kuzma, if you could trade him, do it. He, he basically tweeted that he wanted to be a Laker again, but oh. I don't, I don't think they could make that work. Like Kristaps Porzingis, they have just like they have guys, guys you can just throw in trades. Um, Chicago, Chicago could make the play in, but also if you try to, if they try to make the play in, I guess they could be more of an in between team where they could make some trades to try to go for it, but d don't just. They underachieved eh, this year. Weren't yeah, they like fourth or fifth last year, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone just knew they were going to lose in the first round. Um, like Lonzo Ball, it's really sad, but like a lot of people are starting to wonder if he's ever going to play basketball again. Oh wow! Because of these knee injuries that just aren't going away. Right. Uh, Detroit. Not that Detroit has a lot to sell. Like Kate Cunningham's out for the year. They have a couple guys going to the not the All Star game, but the Rising Stars game. Right. Trade what you can. They have Bogdanovich, so if you can get some good assets for him, like if you can get those late one of those Laker picks. For Bogdanovich, do it. Might as well. 
Charlotte, Charlotte's so bad. <laughs> like, just really bad. Trade everyone to just try to get Wembenyama. That's best case scenario for Charlotte, because then you could tell yourselves, all right, we got Lamelo, we got Wembenyama. That's all we need. <laughs> uh, Utah, Utah doesn't have to sell. They shouldn't buy, but like they're they've fallen off a cliff at this point. They're gonna they could end up being a play-in team, but is that really worth it? You could sell high on a guy like Lowry Markinen, who is probably going to be an all-star and could probably get you multiple first-round picks. Especially, again, if you call those Lakers and say, do you want this all-star? Because Utah at the beginning of the year was all about Wembenyama, and now they're just too good. Right. Uh, and then San Antonio, because the the crux of the Raptors' argument is, do we start trading OG Van Vliet, Gary Trent, or do we trade for Jakob Pertl and right. try to make try a play? To make in? It in. Right. Uh, and then our in-between teams, Toronto, we'll get to that in a second. Miami, just because, like, their whole team isn't together. Like, Bam Adebayo has definitely been their best player this year. But also, I don't really know what's going to make this team better. Like, there's not really this, like, oh, they need this. Right. There's no answer for them. The Knicks, they probably should just not do anything. Just ride out the season probably end up in the play-in maybe not like they'll be in that like five to seven range i would guess um then the clippers Kawhi leonard's playing really well but are you gonna start selling even more of the future to try to bring in someone else to that team right in the western conference when like just objectively i would take the nuggets i would take the grizzlies i would take golden state over over the clippers Dallas, New Orleans is close, I guess, but you're in that four to six range. Right. And you might end up in the play-in. I don't, I, I don't know where that season goes. Phoenix. Phoenix is another one where, again, they could be making this OG trade, but then also people say, like, Chris Paul might get traded. So what what, is that, what does that mean? Like, this is a team that was in the finals two years ago, and now we're just... It might be a little tougher for them because they're, they're getting a new owner, right? Like yeah. They're for sale, so that might make things tough. I can see that. The Lakers, because the Lakers have a 2027 and 2029 first-round pick that can they can dangle in front of most teams because by that time, LeBron will probably be retired. Anthony Davis will probably be on another team. So the Lakers will probably be bad by then. But do, do the Lakers care about mortgaging the future? And also, what are you getting for mortgaging your future? And then the last team is Portland because I think they have just fallen out of a playing spot. Do you do you get Damian Lillard help? Do you just sell off everybody else except for him because he's the most loyal person in the NBA? They could be bottom of the barrel and he's not going to ask to get traded. Right. Can't really. If you can't make him mad, why not try to get assets back for your team? It's it's a weird that that so many teams are just in that spot and that oh i guess let's do i guess aussie open the end of just like we wanted to i was gonna start this podcast if sitsy pass had won i was gonna start it with ding dong the king is dead or something like that right but Djokovic just like two like the second and third set did go to tie breaks there were it was a close match it was over a three hour three set match it's just Sitsipas pass didn't step up when he needed to 
right? In the like you said, the tiebreakers, like when the sets were coming to the end, that's where he needed to push. And Djokovic was playing with a torn hamstring. Just found that out now. Like that's incredible that he was that dominant. Yeah. Did he drop a set? He did. Uh, second round, he dropped one set. <laughs> the second round. That was it. That's amazing. Like, yeah. as much as we don't like that guy, he right. is just incredible. It's absolutely. Now now we have this, like, this quest for Nadal. Because I sent you some odds about the future majors. Right. And I'm like, they have Nadal pretty undervalued for the French Open. Right. For a guy, for a guy that, that's won it 14 times. I think he's, like, the third, third highest odds. Because right. Alcaraz is first, and then I think it's Djokovic, and then Nadal. That's who I'd like to see play, Alcaraz and Djokovic. Oh, I thought you were going to say Alcaraz and Nadal. Well, that too. but <laughs> That would be hard. Would that be your be Andre tough. Agassi yeah, Nadal? Yeah, that would be my Andre Agassi Nadal moment where, like, okay, he's been my favorite player, but I really want this young kid to win because I think he's got a bright future. So is it Alcaraz, Pass? Are those your are those the two? Two guys that, I, yeah, for sure. Not even the Canadian. No, I'm just kidding. I know you. Love, I, I, you like, I know you like I, Felix. I like both Felix and Shep. I actually prefer Shapovalov over Felix. Just be, the way he plays, it's a little bit more um, exciting. Exciting, I guess you could say, and riskier. Yes, riskier is probably Felix a is word. very safe. Absolutely. If you were to yeah. if you were to say one of them is going to win a major, Felix. you would pick Felix. Absolutely. But yes. who could be number one in the world is probably Dennis if he could figure it out. Right. But he's still young. I think he's. They're both young, for sure. 21, 22. Yeah. They got lots of time. Uh, how about on. I watched the, the women's side. Uh, it was awesome. Ribikina. final. Ribikina and the one that actually won, Sabalenka. Yeah. That first set, or the first, like, maybe two games, it felt like every point was an ace. Yeah. Like, those it girls was like are men, powerful. Yeah, it was like a men's match. Yeah. And then. It was one of the because they kept talking about Sabalenka. It's just mentally she could never get over the hump. Right, it was always her problem. Yeah, and then in the second set, it's like, oh, this is slipping. Like she lost the first set. Her bikini yep. won the first set, yep. and you're like, oh, this is slipping. You can see mentally that she's just kind of gone. Right, and then I don't know. I couldn't say much more than like she just kind of flipped a switch. Yeah, figured she it just out. Kind of figured it out. Yeah, she really like grinded out that match, and For then sure. By the third set, you're like, oh, okay, this has gone the other way where Ribikina just is a Wimbledon champion and this this moment seems too big for her. Right. I feel bad that she didn't get, like, the points for winning Wimbledon. Wimbledon. yeah. I, I know. know you said that last time. Then they said yeah. it, and I was like, wow, that's... She would have been higher ranked, right? She was 22nd. And she, so. I think she's top 10 now. I'm sure she'd be top 10 now, yeah. Even when my bet on that, I took her, and they even gave me uh, an early buyout um during the match b- yeah so i took it yeah in the third set wow they, it, they were still they were still saying hey you want to yes because i didn't think she's gonna win at that point no by the time it was the third set it's like oh yeah sabalenka just took this over yeah this is her match now but yeah. the beginning of that match of like aces back and forth were <laughs> yeah. insane yeah and and again it was almost felt like a McEnroe against borg type of, of match right because you really keen is just quiet as a mouse doesn't say anything just goes out and does her thing and sabalank is yelling and screaming and that's, that's why i don't like her right i just i feel bad she lost her father a few years ago like she's so i again i remember one of my bads was last year she had like 20 double faults uh in the warm-up to the aussie open and still won 
Like, so she's figured it out, right? That's pretty impressive because usually once you lose your serve, it's tough to get back. Yeah, because that was the cool thing about how mechanically she changed it after the U.S. Open. Yeah. They brought in a coach to fix Just mechanically that. her serve. Exactly. And, and then they're like, oh, yeah, it's taken this long since the U.S. Open, which is like it ends in September. Yeah. It took that long for it to really like set in of like mechanically fixing her serve. Yep. Now we have okay, well, a few weeks, right? Till Roland Garros. A few weeks. Is it? It's not till June. Really? Yeah. When's Wimbledon? <laughs> July. Oh. Oh, we have a lot of time. But yeah. also then the clay court season isn't long enough. <laughs> yeah. It we- starts now until the end of time. That's the definitely the longest of all the seasons is the clay court. Oh, no, I was thinking of, when I said that, I was thinking grass, that grass oh. isn't long enough. Oh, yes. That clay court is very long, that's true. Yes, clay court is four months, and the grass is two weeks, Indian is three Indian, weeks. Indian Wells, is that clay? Hard, hard court. Because isn't that in March? Yeah, that one's kind of in between everything so that's else. So is that the last of, then it's clay court after that? Or is clay court around that? Yeah, like, I think clay court's starting now. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's pick a side probably would have been better to talk about the nba and then do pick a side but now <laughs> no. now is the time i think i know what you're gonna pick yeah and i think i actually do i think we do disagree on what the raptors do at the trade deadline okay. do you sell or do you buy so it's it's they're just it's not there it's just not happening it looked kind of good last year but you have to see progression and in my mind, like Barnes is the only guy you keep. Wow, yeah. I was about yeah. to ask what level of sell. Oh is yeah, it? yeah, just go wholesale. Let's start over. Wow. Yeah, it's Van Vliet is awesome, but he can't stay on the court. Didn't resign, so it makes me a little nervous. He's not going to stay anyway. So you might as well get something for him because he's a free agent after the, next year. I no, I think it's after this year. 23-24, I think he's a free agent. Yeah, that's next year. Like, I think it's after. the the What they did in the highlights was the year that you become a free agent, oh, which is the 23-24 okay. season. Gotcha. So, 2024 free agent. Right. And, again, if you're looking at some of those teams, like the Clippers are interested in a guy like Van Vliet. Right. You could get some – I don't really – they don't really have any young players that I could think of that you'd want. So, yeah. draft picks. Right. And probably someone off their roster just because you have to take someone. Right. Like if you take like, eh, maybe not John Wall, that might be like kind of a backwards move. But if you take one of their guards right. and then for the rest of the year, you're like, all right, just we'll throw you out there. Right. And Trent, again, I, I get that trade too. You'd send him to, if you could get one of those Laker picks. Yeah. That's a, that's a guy the Lakers could use. For sure. I think to me, it's, it's funny enough that I would say it's three guys you keep. I'll, I'll still in the second argue why you should buy, but the three guys you keep don't really make sense together. Although, like, individually, you just want them to fit. But OG, Scotty Barnes, and Siakam don't really fit as a trio. Right. They all kind of not do the same things, but, like, if you move, like, if Scotty Barnes becomes your point guard... That makes that team a little more interesting. Yeah. It makes the three of them fitting together make a little more sense than right. all three of them being forwards, but none of them are really a center, but they can kind of guard centers yeah. sometimes, uh, unless it's 
insert Embiid, Jokic, Giannis. Yeah, but also, they need a center. We've said this for how many years? They needed a center even when they won the NBA championship. They got Marcus All. Yeah, and Abaka. Bring Abaka back. Okay. Um, my buy is only just you need to you sell one guy to get one guy. You get rid of one of Van Vliet, Trent, OG. I say you trade. You could trade one of those three. Okay. And you go and you get Jakob Pertl. Yes, from I, from I the like Spurs. Yep. Get a center, a real just adult center that's yes. been in a good system. Right. Defensively can really help you. Can shoot the ball a little bit, but that's not why you're getting him. Right. But you trade. Yeah, you trade one of those three. If you're trying to make the play in, you probably trade Trent and keep the other two. Then you can again you move make Barnes a guard for the rest of this year depending on, I guess, who you trade. But outside of that, I don't think there's much more you can or should buy. Like, because it's a lot of, like, how much do you trust your team or how much has your team earned to buy? If you're doing it based on how this team is played, yeah. then you sell. <laughs> exactly. You, this team hasn't earned anything. They don't no. earn the right. They haven't earned the right to try to make the play-in tournament. I agree. So I guess that's my half-hearted buy is you right. get Jakob Pertl, bring him back because that's an that's awesome your, story. Yeah, that's fair. You're picking a side. And you know what? While you're at it, go get DeMar DeRozan. Go get Norman Powell. Go get Kyle Lowry. Just uh, bring this team back. Uh-huh. Get the lawn right. I don't know. Just bring bring the old Raptors back. Yeah. The teams that used to lose to LeBron. <laughs> exactly. Get swept. We can just we can start a new 50 games. We'll start calling it like Yoronto for Giannis. That's what it'll, or it'll be like onto Toronto bow. That's oh what boy. that's what we'll call it when that's Giannis starts beating them in the playoffs. When Giannis starts beating the Raptors like LeBron used to do. Um yeah, that's that's all I've got. Let's let's get to your bad, good and great. All right. Um starting off, the bad. Again, it's way bigger than everything else. Um <laughs> yeah, Montreal Canadiens winless in their Montreal Expos jerseys, oh six and one. So they're like the Dallas Cowboys. And I, a lot of people say they're nice. I would buy one, but I don't think they look nice. Like I don't think they look good on the ice. I agree. Yeah, they're kind of cool, but like the powder blue looks way better with the St. Louis Blues for whatever reason <laughs> they that have it does two. for Montreal. Even Pittsburgh. Yeah, even Pittsburgh agreed. Um. Uh, Bobby Hall, Bobby Hall passes away. That was Graham's favorite hockey player growing up. So that was kind of sad to see. It I I wrote it down, but realized I didn't want to talk about it just because more of the person he was off the ice. Very talented player, right? Not a very good person off the ice, right? Again, if it wasn't for him, there's probably no WHA expansion. Because he goes to Winnipeg, he's the first big name to go there. Signs million. for a million dollars, which was huge money back in 1972. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right, and yeah, he, they, I think they won four Avco Cups. Like they were the, the Montreal Canadiens of the WHA. So, anyway, um, <laughs> I put this under the bad. Did you know that Golden State finally won two games in a row for the first time this year? I did not know that, but that's that crazy. Make, that makes a lot of sense for uh, the season that they've had. And really, if you're in the West, you've got to be a little bit worried, right? They're, they're going to start figuring things out. Guys are getting healthy. If they're they, going to move up. And if they they make some kind of trade, Golden State makes that 
organization you just know is smart. They're not going to make some dumb trade. And if they don't make a trade, that means they trust their young guys to step up into bigger roles. Right. Yeah, that's a team like if they're the sixth seed, you're the three seed. Like if just I, I know we've talked about like if Colorado plays Seattle in the NHL. Right. Like that just sucks. If you're Sacramento and you're like, yes, we made the playoffs. Right. And there's and now, Golden State. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. We're the three seed for what reason? Right. Now we, we just might as well be the eight seed. Woo, we get game seven in Sacramento where right. Golden State can send us home. Right. Uh, on to the good. Uh, I just had one, which was um, I've, I'd forgotten about the Canadian center for Purdue. So oh, yeah. They're number one. Edie? They're, yeah. So they're 21 and one, <laughs> uh, number one ranked. So. I'm going to start watching them now. And he is like the – I was looking at odds for that. He's the front runner for player of the year. Oh, okay. I mean, he's, yeah, like 7-4. He was good last year. Yeah, 7-4. He only started playing basketball like later as a kid yeah. as well. So that, that's pretty impressive. I watched the other night they played Michigan, and he – like Hunter Dickinson was a guy his first year. They are like, oh, he could maybe go to the NBA. Now I think he's in like his third or fourth year, and Edie just ate him up. Right. Um, for my great, uh, Bedard, what's he sitting at now? Is he going to, he must be getting close to a hundred points. I think he's over for 90. Right. I'm sure he's going to get a hundred before the playoffs. And he's probably only played what 40 odd games. Cause he missed 10 or 15 games. Cause he had to play for team Canada and didn't score a point in the first game of the year. <laughs> I know that's always I've heard that about four times already now that's uh, yeah. it's hilarious yeah because he's yeah still gonna get 100 points and 50 goals and yep but he didn't score in the first game I wonder who who I can't remember who that was but they must be so happy right we're gonna be the only team in one specific game Connor Bedard doesn't score because exactly. they probably played that team again and he lit them up all right and for my last great uh, TSN had projections projections for the top 20 Canadian MLB players. I don't know if you saw this. I did not. Mitch Bratt is number three. Hey, moving forward. Nice. 19 so, years old. Yeah, all the others are 23 or 24 years old out of the top 20 Canadians. So. Is that, um, does that say 2023 draft? Uh, 2021. Oh, draft. okay. I was going to say, I remember when he got drafted. Yeah. I thought that was one of those because I knew he had signed a contract but uh to say where he's do we know he's playing playing this year uh no he's going back down for he just went down there last week or whatever in arizona yeah and then he's gonna i think he's playing high a ball this year and brian figures he's going to play i think he said north carolina i think is the team he's gonna play for. i do year. i do remember that being last time we talked to him right yeah that's a that's a great way to end this. Yeah, Mitch Bratt. Mitch Bratt, number three. Maybe we will get him on this podcast after all. I think I think we will. He'll probably listen to this after the two hours that we've done and gone. Oh, he's talking. They're talking about me. You're right. And he's exactly. gonna be like, I need to go get interviewed by these two. That's right. I'm, I'm semi-professional. <laughs> probably combined for semi-professional. Right. I mean, we've been doing this for long enough. Yes, that, 170 episodes. Yeah, not too bad. But uh, yeah, that is. That is all we've got, and we'll see you next. I, I'm going to predict now that we're going to do next Friday. Okay. It's my guess because it'll be after trade deadline, and it'll be 
as much time as possible to talk about Super Bowl. Oh, and we'll great. Do, Can't wait to talk about Super Bowl week. <laughs> talk about, we'll just talk about the week, not the game, just, just the week. I'm here so I won't get fined. <laughs> We're talking about practice. <laughs> There's someone should someone should bring back the practice. Yes. That was such a good one. Uh, but yeah, besides that, we will see you next time.